What's up with cool. uh, with you, jabronis? Cool word, jabronis. jabronis. You can go back to the nineties, dude. <laughs> it's a yeah. Uh, that and Nate's response. That's a total. It's always sunny. Yeah, I know you ruined it. <laughs> Oh, well, I don't get the real. Oh, I, like didn't know, I didn't know that you knew that, Nate. Yeah, I, I knew. Oh, yeah. I ruined it. That's okay. <laughs> this is Aaron, Jeremiah, and Nate. We play in a band together. We spent years in a band discussing music and everything else. This is a podcast mostly about everything else. Thanks for listening. So this one, wait. Okay, so. Hey, okay, tell me what this top five is. Okay, so. Explain it with your mouth. Very similar to yours. This was inspired by yours because yours was so much fun. This is a game we used to play on tour. Do you remember where we learned this or did we make it up? I don't remember. I think we made it up. Then we should get a lot. We should talk about this more because it's a really brilliant thing that we thought of. We don't take credit for it enough. Um, I taught, we've taught people to play this over the years and it, they tend to even, like I have one guy, TJ, who still, I taught 12 years ago and he still texts me about once every 18 months with one with 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 one to think about so back when the old super bowl halftime shows nate just used to be like three artists and they were ridiculously like the nfl was like trying to i've seen a ton of halftime shows so yeah they would have like i don't need an explanation they would have like the backstreet boys and aerosmith and like a rapper like it would just be the three like artists that could didn't really belong together, but they were trying like to blending get blending Aerosmith with Run DMC or something. I know, like I've that. seen them. Like I've seen, weird. yeah, I've seen. <laughs> you asked me to explain watch... it. So, do you want me <laughs> no, to explain no, no. it, or you explain no, it, Nate? I want you, you explain know. it. I understand what we'll the halftime show is. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm getting so. Short. There's a game is called football. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, I know. At the middle is the half. I feel like this is heading. I feel like this is heading there, and I was like, let's okay, let's let's save our audience. So the game. Yes, Jeremiah, you go ahead. No, you, you go please. ahead. No, I insist. I was just pushing us into that direction. Yeah, but I'd love to hear your explanation better than mine. The game is picking the worst halftime show combination you can think of. Okay. See, this is why I want clarification, because i that's what I started thinking of, and then I did, wasn't referencing the, the text or whatever, because uh, it was like more than eight words, and I was like, holy <laughs> smokes. <laughs> TLDR. And, <laughs> you know what? Just is the truth. Every text for Nate is combo. TLDR. If it's not an emoji, Nate's like TLDR. Like, well, okay, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so I, so I, like halfway through this, I was like, wait, are these supposed to be good or no? No, uh, no it's so supposed, some of them. I wrote it's supposed are to like, be good. Yeah, for sure. But and, and like, I, they're supposed to be bad. The point of this game is to make each other laugh or go, that's incredible or whatever. Okay, well, I mean, yeah, that's what I figured. But I was like, wait, am I supposed to enjoy these? Or so mine are like a weird combination of like, this is a terrible combination, but maybe it'd be okay. I don't know. Okay, yeah, that's so do you cool. Want to... That's totally in bounds. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Here's here's my example. My first one. You, you ready? Could just say, you could just say five dumb things. It's like, oh, those are five dumb bands. That's not as funny or as interesting as like the uniqueness of the combo. Right. Of thinking about how they go together. So here's here's my and least. I, actually, be, like, I definitely uh, didn't do all that. I yeah. definitely just literally started typing <laughs> bands. Well, <laughs> let's do it this way. Unless someone has a I say we just go one for one. We just go around the circle 
till we each do five. Like I do one, you do one, Nate does one. We just keep going. No, nah, we're gonna okay. get lost, bro. It's it's all about the. No, I, I like that. That sounds chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, here's my sorry. here's my test one. I'm not even counting this. Okay. Well, no, 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 no. Hey, you can't do six. I got seven. I have seven good ones. No, you can't. Dude, we're gonna point. be here all night. I got a. I had now. fifteen good ones. You have to limit it to the. I five. got sixty good ones. Okay, you ready? Here's my first one. Bone Thugs and Harmony, Michael Bublé, and Captain Beefheart. <laughs> Beefheart coming in <laughs> hot. And the Bone Thugs are doing the triplet like rap over all the other Okay, so I, I'll take back. I thought you were literally doing one band at a time. I was like, that's oh, a terrible okay. idea. We can't no, no that. one's suggesting that. Yes, you, no, you would have been right to be in- saying now. I, inc- yeah. I understand why you were so incensed, Jeremiah, because that would have been ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. All right. All, All right. right. So I, I give, get... you, give yours again because I was so distracted by that. Bone that Thugs and Harmony, Michael Bublé, and Captain Beefheart. Yeah, okay. That's good. They just, none of That's those good. people belong together at all. And so I would just like love to see that. Except I could see like Michael Bublé singing a hook on a Bone Thug song. Mm-hmm. It's not the craziest thing. Mm. He could be a Bone Thug. I don't know. <laughs> he's a he's an undercover bone thug. <laughs> all right, all right, cool. You, all right, all right Nate, let me hear one of yours. The Black Eyed Peas. Yeah, Usher. always good. Starting strong. Slash. Clash. Slash. The slash. The slash. The Black Eyed Peas. I like it. Wait, that say one it again. actually just happened. Black Eyed Peas. Slash. Who was the third one? The Black Eyed Peas. Slash and Usher. That was twenty elevens. That's just a real one. <laughs> Is it, is it a real oh, one? Is it? <laughs> yeah, that's just a real one. <laughs> that's I wanted to start that's off with a real one. That's, uh, that one. that's strong. Trolled it. I trolled y'all. But you, apparently you didn't watch that one, so I was like, it just didn't really I work. Think, I joke. I mean, it I mean, started with Black Eyed Peas, so I can see why I didn't pay attention. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Maya, what you All got? Right. Annie DeFranco. Yes. Vienna Boys Choir and Wang Chung. Wang Chung, dang, dude. <laughs> dude, this one is so bizarre. <laughs> dang, man. All right. Um, who Who is going to enjoy this one? You know, like that. <laughs> here's, one, here's one where nobody leaves happy. You ready? <laughs> nope, nobody. Florida Georgia Line. I could just stop there. Florida Georgia Line. Godspeed, you black emperor. Joy Electric. <laughs> wow! Like who's no, satisfied? Like funny. Could anything funny be more different than the way that Florida Georgia Line and Godspeed You Black Emperor think about music? I mm. I submit that they can't be. Dang man! I All don't right, know. Nate, what do you got? Let me pick one here. <laughs> we we'll go with this one. <laughs> they might be giants. Macklemore, and then. A time traveling assassin theatrically stalking and killing Macklemore. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, you know, Macklemore's still alive. Like, you don't need a time traveler. You could just, a regular person could kill him. <laughs> we, I'm just saying, there's some dark future we don't know about, and it involves Macklemore. <laughs> and it's Macklemore's fault. 
Yeah. <laughs> like in a thousand years, it's going to be a good about- show is all I'm saying. What you're saying is in a thousand years, people will say, okay, so imagine you could go back in time and kill Macklemore and save us all of the heartache, but mm-hmm. he's a baby. Like, that's going to yep. be the new discussion. <laughs> Would you kill Macklemore the baby? It's going to be, they might be giants. It's going to be playing Dr. Worm. <laughs> Macklemore is going to get up to do his verse. <laughs> and then the assassin appears. From Is uh, the goal to just get him dead before the uh, thrift shop song? Is like that the goal? That's not even his worst song by like a mile. No, I don't, he's got I don't some. Know. He's got some songs that pander into the dirt. You know what I mean? He gets down into the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremiah, you got one. Yeah, Fiona Apple, Limp Biscuit, and the Blue Man Group. I'm into this one. This one is <laughs> sick. <laughs> this one I would enjoy. I think that's a strong one, huh? Yeah, man. Right. I love I have that. A, I have a super sick one um, that you're going to be into, Nate. Dragon okay. Force, Willie Nelson, and Bjork. Yo. <laughs> that wouldn't be that bad, I don't think. I mean, I think Dragon Force is pretty insufferable. <laughs> but, you know, I think, like, for a, like, it's, it's like a 15 minute, 20 minute show or whatever. I think that could be a compact little moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a For zillion sure. cool Bjork songs. For sure. Willie Nelson's got a unending, unbelievable catalog of music. So, yeah, it's probably going to be good. Probably good. All right. I'll watch Nate, that wait. one. <clears throat> Nate, what do you I'd got? watch all of these. Yeah. Oh, for sure. They're all train wrecks. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you some maybe that you wouldn't watch. Uh, oh, let's do this one. Uh, Dan Fogelberg, Iggy Azalea. <laughs> And the Crazy Frog song. <laughs> <laughs> what? Crazy Frog song? You don't like know the Crazy Frog song. You don't know the Crazy Frog song? Yes, you mean you the do. WB thing? No. <laughs> yeah, I could change it to the WB Frog. The WB. <laughs> this is a WB Frog. I, you guys, you guys are, you guys are maybe. Oh, I hesitate to say you're too old. You're, you're too. You're not. You probably weren't into internet culture enough to know. The crazy frog song. It's just like it's like a it was like a ringtone for your like for your like razor, your Motorola Motorola razor phone that you Oh get. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. I recognize the fa- the picture now. Yeah. It's just that song and it plays the whole time. And Fogelberg yes. kind of riffs to it, <laughs> and then Iggy Azalea's got a couple verses, and then yeah, that's that's the show. All right. Maya, what do you got? All right. This one I would not want to see. Big bad, big bad voodoo daddy, with Kenny G and ICP. I almost put ICP in one of mine. <gasps> ICP I is their own easy. one. They already their yeah, own. Like I know, it's an easy one. Yeah, it's good though. That's good. I did one that was just me trying to uh, like. I wanted a fight on stage. So I was trying to think of like who could I put oh. together that would definitely fight each other. Yeah, okay. Uh there's like no there's too many egos and too many differing opinions. Kanye West, Toby Keith, and no FX. Dang. Oh boy. And then I think if you throw nine inch nails in there, it really gets set off. Like that would be Yeah. Is Toby Keith a known fighter? I don't really know. He's like a super right wing, like 
So is Kanye now. So <laughs> yeah, Kanye. Who knows what Kanye is, man? He's like <laughs> Kanye's doing his own thing. Dang All right, Nate, you got one more. Uh, yeah, I've only done three, I think. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. We've yeah, only we've done three. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, we can stop whenever, you know. No, dude, dude we'll do this or cool. we can keep going forever we'll, and ever. Uh, we and can ever. keep going. This could be my last one. I'm cool with that. Here we go. No, no, uh, say one. Do, do two more. Do one. Save your best one. <clears throat> All right, we're gonna do. Uh, this one I just put four because I just didn't think there were rules. I so I don't know if there's rules. <laughs> Cypress Hill, the Polyphonic Spree, Godsmack, and Weird Al. <laughs> nice. That's a strong one. Yeah, Here's the one, problem man. with Weird Al. He could work with anything. Like, I know. There's no I mean, one... that's we're still gonna watch that show. Yeah. 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 There's like yeah, that one's actually weird. It's weirdly good. I mean, Godsmack is terrible, but like, yes, it's like weird. You gotta good. have a tinge of that. Yeah, like Godsmack will just play big chords over "Insane in the Membrane." You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> Sounds like I'm into it. Yeah. I'm into it. And then you can just hear Weird out in the back doing the "Insane in the Brain." Like he just does. Yeah. That with the super high voice. It's gonna be good. All right, Maya. Kenny Rogers, the Beastie Boys. And one random Foley artist. <laughs> Do you like performance art? Yes. That's good. That's good. I mean, the Beastie Boys, if they were all, if they could, could be whole again, yes. they would put on like the most amazing yeah. halftime show yes. ever, I think. Um, I wish that was going to be a reality. That would be the best thing. I would lose my mind. Okay, so I've got three left, and I had seven. So I there's got to be two more. No, you got to pick one. I got two more because I've only read three. I don't care how many you have. Yeah, this is your last one. Oh no, no. Okay, I did that one as a test. Yeah. Okay. I'm 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 better now. Uh, Tag on. Which one of these do I want to do? They're so good. Just pick the slam dunk. I don't know which one is the slam dunk. Okay. uh, Nickelback, Backstreet Boys, The Flaming Lips. Hmm, that's believable. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Is it? Yeah, I kinda. can't imagine. Of of all of them, know. it's the most believable. I don't know how they would communicate with each other. I can't imagine on what terms they could talk about music in any similar language. But yeah. All right. Somebody Nate. else is doing the. You know, is running the show probably. All right, I'm gonna do mine. <clears throat> Cardi B with appearances by Toadies, Spin Doctors, Marcy Playground, Cake, Allison Chains, Temple of the Dog, Jesus Litters, Lizard, Meat Puppet, <laughs> and Chris Stapleton singing Red Hot Chili Pepper songs. Yes, <laughs> I'm in. You're you're really embracing this, Nate. Like you really you're pushing it. Yeah. You know I'm better I'm at this game, game in an hour. This. If we played it for an hour, I'll be even better at it. it just, yeah, that's just true. Get more down that hole. All right, Maya, you want to take us home? Yeah. Kiss, Lil Pimp, and Enya. <laughs> I strong. like the speed of that one. The speed <laughs> yeah. of that one really got me. Yeah. That was like Nate's like that haiku one rolled, trick. That one rolls off the tongue really well. I like, uh, yeah, I like what the punch that you added to it. I was like, oh, yes, Enya. <laughs> um, Speaking of Enya. Yeah, <laughs> say speaking of punch, uh, you know what's like punch is coffee because it's a beverage. 
And you know who knows a lot about coffee. That, th- this is going to be the identity of this show is these tra- <laughs> these uh, segues. <laughs> is that a warning? I feel like that's a, war- a cautionary tale. It's an omen. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's between that and me asking for haiku music or top five music, whichever one. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, which one's worst? I love it. Well, in any it. case, no, we, I uh, think the segues are great. Great. I'll keep I'll keep like reaching for them the with new, all my the dad new energy. Segue, the new segue pattern is I'm gonna throw out a word and you gotta segue with that word. Ooh, <laughs> okay, let's try it. That's like improv, basically. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's it's try basically it. Basically improv. What's the okay, word? Well, now I've got an improv here. Yeah, you've got to pick a word that you think. What? USB stick. Oh, did you are you playing the thing that I can see game? Like this is like <laughs> that's you all just saw something in the from. room. All right, look, <laughs> real creative sausage, Jeremiah. Go. Flash drive. Sausage? Yeah. Oh, sausage. Uh, Nate, you got to help me on this. Speaking um, of sausage, I our never favorite saw- <laughs> sausage in the world. <laughs> our favorite sausage in the world. When you, when you meet Tanner Marita, you'll say, I never sausage a boy. <laughs> Is that yep, good that works. Does that work? <laughs> yeah, okay. that checks right, out. Try this Selling Japanese. my soul for this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tana Marita's in our band and a super great friend of all of ours. And it may seem self-serving to have him on the show, but it's just serving you because he's a very thoughtful, super intelligent, and uh, witty dude. So Speaking thought, of serving, he'll serve you coffee if you go to Hex Coffee he in Charlotte, he, And he'll, he'll remind you about a dozen times through this episode. <laughs> Get you a plug. So, uh, so yeah, let's catch up with uh, Tanner. At a Nate, have you met at like a dad? dad party at one point? I'm sure. He's Imagine there. Tanner with even darker, more Hawaiian-like features, plus like 80 pounds of muscle. Well, it's, imagine like three of me kind of <laughs> <laughs> smashed <laughs> into one time. of me. Yeah, and then yeah, more. Before we more met his dad, Hawaii. I was like talking about how fit my dad is, and I was like, yeah, because no one's dad is like more fit. And Tanner's like, my dad would kill your, my dad would eat your dad. Only Aaron would obsess about (laughs) whose dad is. We definitely driving. I remember specifically driving in the van and we had that like, oh, my dad could beat up your dad. (laughs) Oh yeah, my dad. He's so big, so tall. Not as a joke. That's 100% true. It It is 100% true. I have not matured past that conversation. like, Like, elementary school recess arguments yeah. do you remember that <laughs> the tour where i was trying to calculate how long it would take me to run up every mountain or hill that we passed <laughs> and, and you just like had i was like getting fit at the time and you just had enough <laughs> getting like, fit at the time <laughs> i was like losing weight and running i'd started running and stuff he, so he was, was looking like, super yoked at the time i was like i was looking like tanner's dad level <laughs> And and I, like like, I, was I, I think stone. I, th- I think getting fit at the time is a little bit of a hyperbole. <laughs> okay, you're maybe, still maybe stopping at Buffalo then. Wild Wings and downing wings <laughs> like ranch. I did lose uh, thirty pounds, but it's neither here nor there, Taylor. <laughs> you wouldn't a, a, a constantly fit person wouldn't understand. Okay, maybe maybe um, I was just upset because of all the kashi that no what, was going around that's the van. True. That's true. You did ban me from eating kashi on the road. You started like you le- when you said you left home. You left home like young. Um. Yeah. I mean, kind of in, in a way. In a in one way, yes, and in another way, no. Uh, I started touring with A Hope for Home. 
I was probably, I think it was 17 or so when we started going on our like first tours. Um, so I was still in high school. Um, and I had incredibly cool teachers and, a there was like kind of this program that my school did. And it was like the first few years of this like new program where a bunch of different schools in the district would send students to this like other center for like specialized learning in a couple different fields. And that was like graphics design and uh, dentistry and engineering because they had like, rather than like every school getting all these like special equipment things, they were like, we can get special equipment for the center and then send all the schools in the district area to like, we can send kids to there. So I did that for my last two years of high school, but it was the first year in their graphics design program, which was, I mean, it's probably much better now, but it was like, it was kind of a trial run for like graphics design um, and figuring out how that would be, which like, I mean, if anybody like does graphic design, it's like, it's an online digital thing where there's like tutorials everywhere for things. So like all this, all the homework and all the schoolwork was generally like, Hey, go to this website, click this link and follow the tutorial. And then, submit a jpeg of the t- the image that you made when you finished it whatever so it was like all this stuff that was like it's kind of a joke because the the teacher were, really wasn't creating any curriculum or doing much like teaching it was just like do this and then do this and then do this and all of it was like submitted online anyways so that because i like did most of those tutorials already at that point just because I was already interested in it and I had a home computer that I had like played around with Photoshop and Illustrator and all that sort of stuff. Um, I could get ahead pretty quickly um, in the class. Um, and then like I had a really cool English teacher and I took a lot of classes ahead of schedule early in high school. So my course load already was like really minimal. So I was able to convince my teachers to let me take work ahead of time and then just submit it online, which I don't know if that's like at all more normal now. I I mean, during the pandemic, that's like how everybody is doing schoolwork right, right now. But, um, but it was definitely uncommon and not normal. So I was super grateful for my teachers to let me do that. And then I spent the last, you know, year of my high school experience, mostly going back and forth with, touring on the road and doing homework in the back of the van and submitting it online. So I lived on the road um, off and on kind of since I was 17 or 18 in high school, but I would like live at home when I was not on tour. Yeah. But I'd still stay with my parents and stuff kind of during that time. And I lived with my brother for some other time and, you know, kind of, I just like flopped back and forth. Yeah, did did you have a big defining moment where like you told the teachers off and how you were going to go burn the world down with your ambient post rock band and your rebe- angsty rebellion? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was a good kid, Aaron. He's a good boy, <laughs> and he returns to his boy home. Is what he just said. Yeah. <laughs> 
Jeremiah, you missed this a little bit, but his parents just sold their house to trip trick out a van, and they're going to live out of it and drive around the country for the next like undetermined undetermined yeah, amount until whenever. That's cool, man. Get out of Portland. <laughs> Right on, dude. Cool, man. Hey, Vader, man. It's definitely much less impressive to my... <laughs> no, that's that's right. I mean, I'm sure they're heading to Charlotte. Uh, Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, they're heading everywhere. Yeah. Ish. Louisville, they're going to come see us? Doubt it. <laughs> that's a hard pass. <laughs> on the... Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't know. Are, are there good that? national I mean, parks? Yeah. Um, are... There's Daniel Boone National Forest in eastern Kentucky, which is pretty rad. Um, yeah. The Red River Gorge. If it's, um, I mean, in a, in some state the parks. whole Midwest area, like, there's a lot of expanse Skip to cover. It. So if there's places to stop at all that are worth it, that are worth the stop or whatever, I'm sure they'll make yeah. it through. That's rad. Has this been something they've been dreaming about for a long time? I think or? so. I think this was like kind of one of those things where they were like wanting to do this before they had kids, and then they had kids, and then they were like, kind of had always had this dream on the back burner of kind of driving around. I mean, their honeymoon was that. I mean, my parents didn't have any money when they had us or whatever. So were they hippies? Uh, I mean. No, my, my dad's Hawaiian. So it's like more Hawaiian culture mm-hmm. sort of thing where it's like, it's not, it's not hippie culture, but some of the, I feel like some of the tenants of Hawaiian living were gotcha, adopted yeah. by hippies. Right. You know, just kind of like the land is everyone's like walk around barefoot. Smoke I some heard meat. a song like that. <laughs> Uh, Are you talking about the ukulele version of Over the Rainbow? Is. Is. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Big man is. He's he's a legend. I think he passed away, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Oh, a while ago. R.I.P. He was very big. He was big, pretty big. big guy. I have an uncle who's like, really, I like him a lot, but he's my uncle that's like, doesn't have kids, and he's like, he's cool, <laughs> but he's like really measured. Uh but and we don't he's like a he's really gifted at making things with his hands so we always like to talk about creativity but one time he he brought that that cover up and the is his cover of over the rainbow and he wanted me to watch it with him and he he started to tear up he's like i've never watched that and not gotten emotional um yeah it just like touched him in such a deep place and i was just like in that moment, I was with him. I was like, "Yeah, this is all. This is awesome." Dude, that that would have totally worked for worst songs to say is your favorite song. <laughs> <laughs> that's not. That's not a worst. That's song. so bad, dude. Is was a saint too. God. Was he? That's a oh, beautiful yeah. song. If well, someone told me that was their favorite song, I would be like, "That's a really nice." I song. mean, it's a lot of. I mean, in Hawaii, anyone that makes it out of the islands playing music that is at all like Hawaiian or with Hawaiian instruments and all that sort of stuff, the whole island kind of rallies against and takes ownership or rallies for. (laughs) (laughs) No, they rally for them and take ownership in it. And they're really like, you know, they they're stoked to see more Hawaiian things and make it out into the mainstream. Cause everybody like, 
that's all super normal there, but it's very uncommon for it to hit. The rest the of us have room for one at a time, uh, Tanner. I don't know who the one is right now, but who took what, Izzy's place? The, uh, a Hawaiian artist? Yeah. Um, I mean, for it's a, Tanner. <laughs> it's, it's our it's our last couple albums haven't i mean i feel like the the ukulele vibe has been almost overdone on yeah, our last few records. yeah i'm trying to bring in a lot of slack key to our uh <laughs> to our next if stuff he, if he tries to write one more lyric about poi i'm gonna lose it <laughs> um, it's just so on the nose yeah uh, did your dad? But your did your dad actually grow up in Hawaii, or is he just from like his parents are from there? Like I, I never knew. Yeah, he he grew up in Hawaii. He was he was born in Hawaii and grew up there and all that sort of stuff. And my mom, uh, Oahu. Um, and my mom actually, did they? No, I have some timelines. It, this is kind of weird. You know that thing where like you don't really know your parents' history until you grow up and start really having like some conversations with them where you're just like, I never thought to ask these questions. So you never told me, but so much went on before I was born in your guys' lives. And it's frankly kind of like, I don't know for my parents. I like their history is really uh, interesting. Cause it was like really, kind of scattered especially my mom's like she was kicked out of her like childhood home at like 16 or 17 or something like that um and i think they were an army family so they moved around uh texas california um and at one point were stationed in hawaii and she was kicked out of the house she was left with like a suitcase and just like now you're homeless um and so she was living on Oahu in Hawaii, uh, homeless on like a beach, uh, Jeez. and like going to school, she would like sleep on the beach, uh, maybe, you know, go over to like meet some strangers who were like had a fire and were cooking some fish and see if she could get anything from them or like hang out. How and, old was she at this point? I mean like 17, 18 or 19, Jeez. I don't know, kind of that era in her life where she was like, she was starting to go, I think she was starting to go to college, actually. So she would sleep on the beach, uh, maybe get some food from some people that she met there, uh, shower at the Y in the morning, and then walk herself to school. Uh, and she like, no one, no one knew she like was homeless, whatever. Why did they uh, kick her out? Do you know? Um. I I don't really quite know the specifics of that. I know her relationship with her mom is a little bit like she she's kind of I don't know. Uh, uh it's it's not a good relationship with with her, at least at the time wasn't a good relationship with her mom and I think her mom or her uh was it her stepmom? Maybe it's her stepmom. And her like real dad was like arguments and stuff like that, and she was not uh, um, completely stable mentally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think some stuff got blamed on my mom, or like arguments going back and forth, and pinned on my mom. And then it's was your basically basic the, evil stepmother situation. Yeah, kind of that that sort of thing. Mm. So uh, yeah, so she she did that, and so she was like living in Hawaii. I 
And I know that she, I can't remember if this happened in Hawaii or in Oregon, because she later transferred to, uh, to school in Oregon, which my dad also did, which is where they got um, set up on a blind date. <clears throat> but I think oh, they I actually... was like, Hawaii? let's hook up the two Hawaiians. They're like, let's just <laughs> put them on a date together. Well, I don't even know if... I don't even think that was the connection. I think they might have already met because I, I'm, I can't remember if this was in Hawaii or if this was in Oregon, but my mom ended up managing a pizza place that my dad got a job at and was like a little pizza maker at this pizza place. Uh, and she was his manager for a time, but I don't think they like really knew each other well or anything like that. So I think my dad got a crush on my mom and then later, they were set up on a blind date that my mom didn't want to go on. And then they kept hanging out. But, uh, but yeah. And they, and they still are all these years later. They're still hanging out. Did, were they in a, yeah, soon coming to a town near you? Um, <laughs> yeah. Were they, were they like, now were they, did they grow up believers or did they come into christianity together like how did that happen um i think it was more so like i i think knowing my i'm, I'm gonna get some things like not completely straight um i know that well, we're gonna sure. do three episodes on your parents so you know don't, no worries <laughs> yeah uh i think my uh my mom probably had from her family upbringing probably a uh a fairly like I'd say Protestant Christian upbringing, although in kind of like a modern American, uh, modern American setting where it was not like a big part of their life or anything like that. Um, and I don't knowing my grandpa, uh, I don't think Christianity was a part of my grandpa's life. Uh, and I doubt that was like really a big part of my dad's though. I know he went to a, catholic at least middle school um growing up but i think that was more so for the like firm structure and guidance and all that sort of stuff rather than the religious aspect so i know my dad was around christianity uh to a degree uh which is not necessarily super calm i mean it's kind of common in hawaii hawaii is a, a big melting pot of a lot of different cultures and a lot of them are Asian cultures, so their Christianity isn't super prevalent, though still being a part of Western civilization, there's like a lot of Catholic churches and all that sort of stuff. Um, so I, he's he was around it. He went to a Catholic church, but he, I don't think he really like grew up like Christian or anything like that. So did your parents just like double down again at some point when you were a kid? Well, I think they, they had things in their lives that they were like, when they started having kids, they were like wanting to kind of straighten up aspects of their lives. And you mean I get think, uncool for a while, get uncool for a while. Um, and I think part of that, like part of that kick in the ass was like, of just like kind of knowing that like there were some things in their lives that like, they needed to build some structure into and some routine into. Um, and I think the decision to go to church was part of that, of like 
we need to do better by our kids and we need to do better by ourselves and really like set, like turn a new page in the book and set a new chapter forward um, of what, what we actually want our future to look like at the very least, if, if not just at the time, they were maybe just like, kind of like, this is a, this is a direction we could go and we can try it out kind of thing. And then um, kind of just like stuck with it and kept, kept going. Um, I don't think Christianity, I don't know. They're like, you know, their philosophical or ontological beliefs at that moment in their lives of when they decided to go to church. But I remember specifically like the morning that we were like going to church because it was weird. Um, oh, you were like, old enough to remember that. Like, yeah, there was like a Presbyterian church around the corner from our house that was like, well, that's the closest church. We should just walk to that. That would be easy. And we're just, we don't necessarily know what we're looking for. It was just a church. So walked to the Presbyterian church around the corner, um, which we would like ride our bikes to normally and before that. But so we just started going to that church. Um, and that church had its own like little problems, but we were there for like a couple of years at least. Um, and then, and then my parents found a kind of a non-denominational church that they liked and they just got plugged in and they're still there and have been there for decades now. Uh, and just like with the church and growing the church and being a part of it. And I think they really enjoyed the community um, that they met in church that they didn't necessarily have before and kind of the accountability with all the other people that they met there. Um, I think that's what really was kind of the, well, whatever they were going for, for it, it clearly worked because, you know, by 17, you were in an under oath cover band. So that's like <laughs> job well done. <laughs> hey, we, Got when him, we dude. first played with you in Portland, we played in the basement of a church. Was it, was that a church you were connected with or something or no, um, totally random church. Yeah, I think that was just that a, a random church. That, yeah, who was that girl that, that booked that? And she took us to that abandoned school. I think it was Kelsey. We stayed at her house. She was eat. tough. Yeah, she was pretty seen, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so seen. Yeah, it Seen is. Kelsey? Is she still in the scene? I have no idea. I have, you, mean, I, you mean Kelsey? I didn't really know. <laughs> Kelsey. But, but you, I mean, you're still part of the scene, though. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Keeping the pit. Defending the pit. Asked, man. If anybody yeah. knows what's going on in the scene, it's Tanner. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I always say too. That's what he is. I just got to get my two-step hair. on. Scene guardian. <laughs> two-step burrito. Yeah, I I, uh, I go over to my other like edge buddies and I check to make sure if they're still edge. And edge if not, check. I beat them up. <laughs> Guys, it's edge check. It says, Are you edge yeah, enough? They're... You better be edge or you get into whooping. <laughs> turn over. Yeah. Turn, turn around, bend over. Yeah. Um, well, spanking. our mutual friend Goldman was telling us uh, a couple weeks ago on this here podcast that uh, he was talking about how his parents didn't let him listen to any cool music, but they knew better that like they were playing all like the lame stuff. Like, were you what was the music like growing up in your house? I don't think we've talked well, about that too much. <clears throat> I know like my dad, I remember listening to a lot of James Taylor growing up. Well, I mean, there was also like we listened to a lot of Hawaiian music. And there's some like really cool Hawaiian music. There's a group called Hapa um, that's 
phenomenal. It's like one legit Hawaiian dude and then one Irish dude who like okay. moved to Hawaii at one point and they hooked up and started the band and really actually like super good. Um, and they're still really famous today on in the islands and stuff. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so we listened to a lot of Hawaiian music. Um, and then my dad was really into James Taylor. Um, and then when my, when we started going to church, we basically turned over all of our like mainstream, like, you know, artists to the Christian equivalent artists, you know, kind of that whole switch where instead of James Taylor, we, who was it? It was, a is it Michael Scott card or something like that? Did yeah. you just yeah. mix up? Wait, is that, a, is that actually the, a person? That is a person. That sounds like Orson Scott card writer of. No, uh, no, no. It's Michael Vendor Scott. Game. Michael. Michael card is a guy. Is it Michael card? Maybe it's just Michael card. Okay. And maybe I am mix, mixing up a couple. Yeah. Are you, mix, oh, are you mixing up the, the, the main character from the office with the writer of uh, Ender's Game? Yeah. Michael that's Scott exactly card. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, what? all it's pulling up on Google dang, is, 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 is like Hallmark cards with Michael Scott on the front. Michael Scott card Keaton Kane, I think was <laughs> his name. It's just Michael Card for the record. Is it Michael yeah. Card? He's yeah. like he's like the Christian James Taylor, but also like has these like kind of Celtic instrumentation that kind of floats in there. And yeah. I remember going. We went to a Michael Card show at one point. Um, but yeah, I remember we like just stopped listening to like you know all those artists. Uh, like my dad listened to was it my dad or I was just kind of around my house at one point. We listened to a lot of like boys to men, and <laughs> that sounds like what mommy was the daddy Christian time. equivalent for that one. Well, this is this is the shameful thing. The Christian equivalent, I think, was to that. This was, I think, it was my dad later found Kirk Franklin, Kirk Franklin, Kirk Franklin, Kirk Franklin, <laughs> Kirk Franklin, uh, who's Kirk like totally totally legit and awesome, uh, but. There was a band called For Him. Yeah. It was the number four. Um, and that was, we listened to a lot of For Him. It was there like were that. Four like four of them that were for him. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. They were for him. Him is capital H, him, the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was really into them when I was like 11. I remember. Yeah. That. A lot of like, uh, it was like, I saw you know, Boys to Men is that like, grace. you know, smooth. You saw them open for Motown. Point of Grace? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That show probably ripped, dude. Uh, dude it was sick. <laughs> yeah, we, we went, what, was it uh, Creation Fest back in the day? Back, back in the day where Newsboys played, uh, Watermark played. Uh, who else was on that? But, yeah. All the, all there was those. definitely a time in my life. Oh, Jackie came. Velasquez, <laughs> oh, yeah. who I totally had a crush on. This is like did, my did, my wow yeah. disc coming yeah. to life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so then did you did you start finding like 
like different music scene music through youth group like the rest of us is same no I, I i found more music through my older brothers um okay so uh i would start like i found a little bit of music by myself like but not very good like we would like go to the the christian bookstore i don't know why that was like a trip maybe to like find more for him cds yeah <laughs> that adds up. i don't know but you know cds cds uh are a uh, a disc um for right. the listeners who who haven't disc based media who, who are born in the 2000s era um it's a disc with uh music on it um because you can't stream music streaming wasn't a thing uh you had a, a cd with m- like max 15 songs um mm. uh and it would come in a in a jewel case you know like a plastic case made of, uh made of jewels made of jewels precious gemstones um and that's why music was expensive back in the day i, I believe um <clears throat> uh but Your there would also like, be they were the ones turning you on well, no, ahead, please finish. Come on, you're interrupting halfway <laughs> through my story. My, I'm trying to explain CDs. For shame, Aaron. all of our please listeners. Finish, this is quality content. All of our Gen X <laughs> listeners are like. I was trying. Here's the honest. Here's the honest boy. to God truth. I was trying to figure out how to jump in on that bit, and I couldn't for the life of me think of anything that would make it better. So I just was trying. <laughs> just. I have nothing funny to add. Let's move on. I, I want to play along, but I just couldn't find an in. <laughs> oh God. Uh, well, we we would like so we'd go to the Christian bookstore and they would have like CD players where you could like sample Wait, CD certain players. CDs, what are those? <laughs> oh my goodness! Like a Walkman <laughs> with a disc. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's like a tiny, tiny Spotify on. <laughs> A <laughs> on a physical circle of got it of like yeah uh, and you could sample stuff from there and there was like a I think there was a band called Rhubarb. You guys remember was those like, undisinfected earphones? That yeah, you could sample ten different CDs and all. The oh yeah, they just be them. hanging there. Yeah. yeah, with like quite a bit of, of like dandruff hanging on and all then over. Target them. always had the like new age music and earth sound mm-hmm. ones. Oh yeah, they had the one with like the digital, like a computer where you could select a song. Yes. Yeah. 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 But there were no uh, headphones. It just blast out of a tiny little speaker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I found a a punk a Christian punk band called Rhubarb, um, and that was I think was my first like my music. You know, I bought that seat. I found that sample disc and I listened to it. I was like, these guys are cool. And I bought that CD or I had my so parents buy that CD for me. And that was my first like CD, my first band that I listened to because of me, whatever. And then because of myself, because of me. Uh, but I think I just liked them because I think I, my brother was like, into skating and I would like kind of think that they were cool and his skate friends. And then I started like skating with them and then I started getting shown music from them. And then I was like, they showed me uh, like Rufio. I started listening to Rufio. Um, that sounds secular. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. And that's, that's when I started listening to like secular music because of the mm-hmm. skater kids. 
because they're all bad apples. Yeah. Uh, what, what year was that? Definitely what meeting that? Satan one day. I got to write that. I got to jot that down on my notes. What month and, and day and year you started on the secular path. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I think through my brother's skater friends is when I started listening to like cool music, which was Rufio at the time. Uh, and then I think uh, it kind of went, I, I'm getting timelines wrong because it's all just a amorphous <laughs> blur of time of previous. But I remember getting like a, a kill switch engage album and that being like shocking. Uh, and all those like kind of old school, like punk to metal bands in that era. Um, I think Atreyu had an album that their first album was, was during kind of that whole era. And that was like, then I started getting into heavy music from kill switch engage and Atreyu and all that sort of stuff. Dang, dude. And is that when you found your dudes? <laughs> so where you found the dudes? Wait, what dudes are you talking about? Dude, I went from I went from listening to dude. a Treyu to joining a Hope for Home. You went from ru- <laughs> rhubarb straight to I mean, like I can hear the rhubarb influence. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, I mean, did you meet? How did you meet the guy? I mean, I'm trying to like. What guys are you talking about? A Hope for Home. Yes. How many other, <laughs> okay. how many other bands guys, were you in? Were you, wait, were you in other bands, Tanner? I don't know yeah, that I was, answer. I'm, isn't every kid who's in bands like in like five? No, I was in like two. This is like my times? second band. This is like you're, my second band. You're you're not normal. Yeah, you're weird, dude. <laughs> yeah, like I had a this middle school band, band with my with my homies that I would have sleepovers with. What was the band called? And, I don't know if we had a name. I think we just tried to play Iron Maiden uh, at Sick. 2 a.m. And then we quit and started making our own power tabs. Mm. Uh, and then uh, in late, uh, also in middle school, I joined for a time my brother's, my older brother's band for a little bit. I was in a band with him. And then I met some friends in high school, had a band with them. And then... Uh, you're not giving band names for any of these? Okay, so like there was... Uh, <clears throat> the band with my brother was... Uh, they were called Tainted Pure. Yes. Tainted Pure? <laughs> yeah. That's a yes. Yeah. Uh, Check. Check all the boxes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that was Tainted Pure. And then... Members of that band started a band called Benevolent, mm. and I played in Benevolent. That's kind of cool, actually. Um, and then, real tough. That kind of died down. <laughs> that was like kind of like the early two thousands, very emo kind of thing. And then, high school, uh, I met some guys, and we started playing in a band called Hol- Holiday Unheard of. Um, Holiday unheard of. Man, I just love bad band names. It's so yeah, it's fun. a terrible band name. But <laughs> they actually, I think they. That's a mouthful. They kept playing music for a while after I was out of the band, and they they did okay for like the local scene and all that sort of stuff and um, all that. Um, but yeah, played with them. We like recorded together. That was like kind of the first like legit band that was like not just like 
a connection through my brother, basically. Um, and then uh, a ex-member of that band started a side project with some other guys, um, excuse me, uh, for a band that was kind of like a prog ex- experimental band. It was weird, like an instrumental thing. Um, and that was called City in the Sea. Um, okay. And then... You can hear the maturity, right? In these band names, <laughs> you're like, you know, that's when we that that was like eighteen and nineteen, maybe not yet. That uh, was like six. That was probably sixteen, seventeen. Okay. Um, yeah, no, well, yeah maybe some of the always ahead of the curve. Yeah, some of the other members were a little older. Um, well, also, and then you're, you're a lot younger than us too. I, I can't keep forgetting that. Like, yeah, so like, yeah. So these eras hit me a little bit. Yeah. earlier in my age than where they hit you um but yeah so some so that was city in the sea we got a show with a hope for home at one point we played a show together and that's where i met the guys from a hope for home um and actually this is really weird my first show that i played with tainted pure uh Quit laughing at that. I love that one. So good. <laughs> uh, so that guys- band, <laughs> Tainted Pure played my first show ever. We played with a band that was on that. I, who played in that show? I think it was some of the members. I think it was maybe Dan and Matt and one of the uh, one of the older members of A Hope for Home named Kyle played that show. Uh, was which was my first show I ever played in middle school. Um, so I played with like all these guys way back when, and then later met up with them when they were in a hope for home or when they started that. Um, and I didn't know or anything like that, obviously, because it was just like that far removed. Um, but yeah. And then I met the guys from a hope for home. Uh, they were, this was after, so one of the guys in a hope for home, his name was Kyle. The band kind of started. Um, Kyle had cancer um, and was really good friends with Matt. They started like, they always like kind of like played music together and all that sort of stuff. Um, and they went off to college, um, kind of were doing the whole college thing. Kyle's cancer came back. Um, Matt and Kyle kind of decided that like, it's, or I mean, Kyle's cancer came back and it was like, it's not looking good kind of thing um and he was just kind of in like a what do i want the rest of my life to look like um at that point and that's when matt and kyle started like talking and they were like you know like screw all of this like let's make the most out of what we have here and let's let's quit school and let's write some music and like see what we can do and put out an album um, so they started writing music together um, and they started a hope for home, got some guys together, started jamming, um, started putting together the album and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then Kyle passed away. Um, and that was pretty much when I played that show with them, they had a fill in guitar player. Um, uh, and so I heard their story and knew that like, that they were like basically short a member. Um, and I fell in love with their music and what they were doing. And 
I got along really well with the guys that I met at the show and all that sort of stuff. So I just started like talking with them. Um, and then I think I just like showed up to like practice one day to kind of feel it out and then just kept playing with them. And then, uh, and then we, then we found you and that's the that's yeah, that whole story. Exactly. And so then, so then we, you guys played on our first like Portland show Mm-hmm. And we all, you guys showed us around town, which was cool. And then we did some tours together. And right about the time that, uh, just I'm going to uh, make this a lot tighter because we've talked about this at length uh, in some of our Patreon only c- stuff, if you're interested in that. And we will have, oh, what did you say? <laughs> I said, I'm not. Yeah, we will have Tanner. Like, yeah, stop. Have- yeah, I, I'm, I'm, he's not going to subscribe, dude. He's told you how many times. <laughs> But uh, Aaron Tanner, hits me we'll... up weekly asking me to subscribe to the Patreon, and I <laughs> tell him, "No, I'm not interested." <laughs> I'm not. A, that is not. That, yeah, that doesn't concern me. Uh, when we're gonna have him on a future uh, like members only episode, but uh, you guys were kind of winding winding down as a touring band, right? As I found out, Jeremiah was leaving, and we I had hit it off with you better than anyone else. I liked your whole band, but you you were uh, the most outgoing, at least in my perspective. Of a uh, really, well, I mean, your whole band is that whole band is pretty introvert. I mean, I guess Matt can be. I mean, Matt. Can I mean, Matt can be like if you get him in the right mood, and Eric is definitely out, like outgoing. But Eric I guess you didn't Eric need a key play player. A real, Eric doesn't play a real rock and roll instrument, so he had no use to me. <laughs> <laughs> he, he looks good in a four X t shirt. You just value people years. for their utility for your purposes. That's, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Okay, now it makes sense. That's right. That's right. You were like, uh, that guy, I could sucker him in and I could use him. He plays a stringed instrument and can grow a black beard. Decision made. Uh, <laughs> he can pass for Jeremiah to the uninformed. <laughs> and and you know that that happened, right? That like people on Plenty YouTube of times. Like, I didn't I got realize mistaken. Jeremiah was Asian. <laughs> <laughs> I got mistaken for either Jeremiah or Tepe from Thrice. Filling in with my <laughs> Tepe makes way more sense than I do. Why well, would he be slumming it with? <laughs> I don't know. Time, especially. <laughs> well, we that really. Part, I don't know. Like, like doesn't make I sense. I think that's more likely than me being Asian. I mean, if you shaved I don't your know, beard, man. <laughs> I mean, I could turn Asian. It's possible. <laughs> I think what happened was he had really. No facial hair or minimal, and so it went from this guy with a big black beard to very little. And they just imagined that when it was uncovered, it was beard. yeah, Jeremiah. Nobody looks beard. at your face; they just look at your beard when they talk to you. I, so, I feel like you know your personality's a beard. You're just a yeah. shape with a beard, and I was a shape holding the same instrument that you used, right. to, but without the exact a beard. same instrument. Now people can see we are both my face equally outgoing, probably. Both are very strategic and uh, like thoughtful conversationalists. There's a lot of common ground there. It was easy. It was easy because uh, I the the other main guy in the band was g- going to talk a lot less than me, <laughs> and uh, and uh, kind of store up little little nuggets of wisdom. Uh, so and Jeremiah both had the same big brain energy. Yeah, dude. That's that's true. true. Big brain injury. Injury. <laughs> Injury. <laughs> Same big brain. <laughs> we both got that big brain injury. 
<laughs> that was some simple talk, dude. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so <laughs> He came in hot with that, I tell you what. Dang, dude. That's what he does. He doesn't say much, but when he does, he, he lands it. <laughs> and also, as we listen back, I think you're all going to realize that he really stumbled into it. Like, oh it wasn't, oh it wasn't well I presented. I as I got into it. No, I don't know Big what. Big br- brain injury. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it now, it, like, you could reframe it and say that you were, like, trying to act it out. Because it's what it sounded like. That's right. This is Dang, man. content on content, man. That's how deep that went. So we want to get past all your crazy, crazy success as a musician um, yeah. <clears throat> and your ability to befriend amazing people. Those those things are already uh, like well noted. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, clearly yeah. evidence. Uh, I mean, I'm obviously big friends with, with Tepe. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're practically the same person. Huge friends. Me, it wouldn't surprise me. That that's true, and that we hadn't known that yet. Yeah, yeah. Tanner's the kind of guy who would have something cool like that and not mention it. Like, oh yeah, no, we talk yeah. about coffee and leather all the time. Oh, okay. Um. All right. So, you have in the last few years like moved over from a, a incre- wildly successful musician uh, to I give it all up. <laughs> business owner, entrepreneur. And uh, as we do with all of our guests, we as we move into like kind of what they're into now, we we've honored you by each writing a haiku. Uh, really? About yes, about your uh, about your topic to kind of give you a little bit. Of, oh, that's get our amazing! Heads right, get our heads in the right space. Uh, so I don't mind going first this week because you guys feel, feel like comfortable I'm- reciting a haiku that you made up. To an Asian. Yes. <laughs> to oh, a yeah. Japanese. Um, oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> All right, go for you're, it. I'm, I'm, you're I'm no Tepe, so we, I'm not that way, worried. This isn't, this isn't uh, just race-related. We do this for everyone. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like, that, yeah, just to, yeah, just so you know. Since you're he, a, he texts us back in like, Japanese. We're going to give you a haiku. <laughs> He texts us back in like three days. He's like, you racist jerks. I listen to every episode. You've never done that. <laughs> You've never done that. <laughs> um, all right. So my, mine is a little more focused on uh, this, is, this is the extent of the conversation on this topic that I'm able to have and that I have every time. If you've ever mm. had this conversation, other than Tanner informing me, this is my ability to carry a conversation on the subject. I am a tea guy, but my friend owns Hex Coffee. Smells good too, Chemex. <laughs> that is all the things I know. Poignant. That. Yeah. <laughs> all the that, no, you have you to know, rate them too, Tanner. You have to rate them about yourself mm. that had nothing to do with coffee. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it has everything to do with coffee. Oh yeah, smells Wait. good too, Chemex. No, no. no. The line about yourself had nothing to do with coffee. I'm a tea guy? That's the conversation. You like coffee? No, I'm a tea guy. Like, that is the conversation for me every time. I don't... Okay, that's a good question for Tanner. Are those two things... Are they, are they like, opposed? 
They're what? not, but that's just how it is in my mind. Or related? Uh, or in your mind, they're related? I, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it happens. What I'm saying is people happens. offer me coffee, and I say, no, I'm a tea guy. Like, mm-hmm. that's the conversation. I say, no, that, then you can say, no, I'm a soda guy. Yeah, I suppose you could, but it's not really a hot beverage. I mean, there seems like a lot more similarities here. That's right. You are coffee. a hot he, tea he, guy. Jeremiah didn't specify, specify he's a hot soda guy. I'm a mm. hot soda guy. <laughs> he's got any hot sodas? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you still have to rate my haiku out of 10, Tanner. Do I have to rate Jeremy. it before I hear other people's? Yeah, you do. You have to commit. Yeah. Mm. It shouldn't be based on, its own on terms. other people's. Oh, I, it's I, a th- I don't have a whole, I don't have a bar. This is the, the I'm going in. The, I am the, the bar. Completely the fresh. Best thing you've ever heard of, and, and <clears throat> that's a ten, and then a one is yeah. Aaron and Jeremiah akin, something akin to what he just scale to work you. like this. Because I'm, I'm, they're I'm always rate afraid it. of the of the other option. A one is a hot soda. I'm 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 gonna rate it a, a four. It's it's definitely underperforming. <laughs> and your your friends will really stab you in the front. No one has ever given a score that low in the history of this podcast. Are you, you serious? Have a friend on. And they'll tell you how it is. In all, I don't ten, feel like in, in all ten ratings, like, there's never been one that low. <laughs> really? Well, to be honest, I I said up front that I didn't feel it was my strongest. So, well, I, I I feel like, you know, you've never had a guest that is. Well, I mean, I don't know. Have you had a guest who is actually as famous you for months on end? No, that's true. So you know, I'm going to give it to you straight. These yeah, other people, yeah. you can't trust them. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We have had Goldman on, and I guess I have lived with him for months at a time. Hey, um, I feel Goldman but, would rip you apart if you gave it. Really he just bad. talked about himself the whole time, so that was yeah. a different. Yeah, he's he's kind of all about himself. Um. Yeah, I won't tell you what he did. Well, because then, it, man, if then if you do it anyway, we'll just let the good boys finish, and maybe I'll drop that on you later. Who's who's going last? Who's going next? I can go next. Okay. Do it. Heat, water, and beans. For a curf- for a perfect cup of Joe, what else could one need? Mm. That sounded like ad copy. Yeah, I'll preach. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I, I got to read it. <clears throat> That's pretty solid. I got to say. Also, the delivery was, was like... It was messy. I stumbled. I stumbled. You stumbled a little practiced. bit, I should but it was it, it was really focused, and it was really sensual in a way. <laughs> I was going for sensual. I'm glad you picked up those aromas. It's kind of folksy, honestly. It had like a charm to it. Hey, I wish you would have done more of an accent. I was going. I was going for sensual for the coffee guy, but for everybody else, it's folksy. It was kind of like a two edged sword. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I really like that one. That was definitely better than Aaron's. <laughs> you write the lyrics then, Maya. This one's on you. Uh, I ain't get a, I'm going to give that one a solid... I'm going to give it a solid eight. eight. Nice. Yo. Mm. Congrats, Maya. Thing. I've gotten an eight before, but not from somebody who also gave a four. So that's wow. a really solid eight. <clears throat> I've gotten a 9.9 before, just so you know, Tanner. But anyway. <laughs> Did your mom give you that rating? <laughs> I love this. This is so No, good. Tanner. Your mom gave me that rating. I'm so happy. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. All right. I got to get psyched to do mine here. I got to enter my zone. <clears throat> Fruited, not muted. Pitch black, but not achromic. Warm cup of passion. <laughs> Ooh. A lot of feelings. I just watched the journey on Tanner's face on that one. <laughs> well, it got me at warm cup of passion. <laughs> oh, yeah. You Even mean at the copy. end? <laughs> <laughs> just so you know, that's Nate's thing. He, the last line is where he really always drops the hammer. Well, I mean, the, the thesaurus was, was blazing in that one. Uh, ooh. I, <clears throat> I, I really liked it. I really liked it. I'm feeling a little uncomfortable. We want to hear the butt. Because I, I think the word you're looking for is turned on. Because I feel a little turned on, and I don't <laughs> know if I should be. Um, Provocation. Warm cup of passion just feels a little... <laughs> A little extra sauce. That's extra, no <laughs> doubt. <laughs> but otherwise, oh man, I can't. I can't tell if I really want to give bonus points for making it so sexual, mm. or or take take some away. <laughs> hey man, that's on you. I'm. I, I feel. That's I feel comfortable with it. So whatever score you give, I'm <clears throat> down. I'm, I'm gonna give a. Let's, let's do a eight point five. Oh right. come on! I I, I it was it was very nice. Sex sells, just, Jeremiah. Yeah, I went sensual with my voice. Oh, that's, hmm. next let's time have try Jeremiah your read Nate's and see it's what that, that stumble. Does. It's my stumble. That's what yeah. did it. If I hadn't stumbled, I probably it probably would have really worked. Jeremiah, yours brought me in. I was definitely drawn in. I just Nate made me blush. <laughs> mine i didn't uh, a robot could have read mine the words did all the talking they did yeah all right that's what we should I'm, do from now siri needs to read our haikus <clears throat> from here on out no i know what's gonna happen that would help next me week, <laughs> next week we're gonna have some guest who like we don't know and is like rather prude and i'm gonna push the sensual aspect really hard to try to win and it's just gonna be super awkward um I we gotta that's... start. We gotta start. Uh, I'm gonna go back through all the episodes and count up all my wins. Mm, I think you've definitely got the the win on the wins. <clears throat> yeah, I'm gonna keep so, track. I'm gonna start keeping track. I'm still happy with how I've been doing. I think I've won like three, and that feels pretty good for me. I remember winning once, which in my head means that I've won a lot, and I feel like. <laughs> 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 It's just how my brain works. Uh, so break down for us. What is your coffee <clears throat> empire at this point? Um, Slash like what is left after coronavirus? Like, I don't know how. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, empire is a, is a strong word for uh, what we do. Um, but yeah, I mean, so the band stopped touring. I don't know when we stopped touring. Maybe 2013 is when. Is that when Behold came out? Yeah. Mm-hmm. After Behold came out, we kind of put a pause on touring for a while. And that's when I settled down into uh, North Carolina. Um, uh, I got a job working in coffee uh, in Charlotte. 
I guess kind of previous to that, like throughout touring and stuff, I was, I was always into coffee, like kind of growing up. Um, Portland's obviously a big like coffee city. Um, so I remember like going around to coffee shops um, with my friends kind of just like growing up in high school and all that sort of stuff. And like, you know, peeling away from like a school field trip at one point in high school and getting a, my first espresso from a stump town downtown or whatever and being like just you know messed up because i had no idea what an espresso was um before that um but yeah so i've always been into coffee um always been a big influence um to kind of me kind of culturally and growing up around it and all that sort of stuff it was kind of um i don't know it was kind of a big part of the experience of, of growing up is meeting people at coffee shops and going around to coffee shops and all that sort of stuff. Um, uh, and then touring, um, you kind of just see all these different cities and you go to like coffee shops in different cities and you get a good feel for like culture, um, and feel for a city. And it's kind of becomes your concierge hub for like what to do there in that city and all that sort of stuff. And we'd always like, have to make our own coffee or something like that uh, while we we're on the road and couldn't go to coffee shops. And then when we were recording behold, we were in Virginia or when we were writing behold, we were living in Virginia. Um, and in where were we uh, spots, Spotsylvania, Fredericksburg. Yeah. Fredericksburg. Yeah. yeah. Um, there weren't at, at least at the time there weren't like, any like good coffee shops around. So while we were writing the record, I was like living there for months at a time and wanted good coffee. Um, so the only really way for me to do that was to either buy good coffee online, which didn't really have money at the time. Um, so I would buy unroasted like green from like different providers online that I could find and, then I started like roasting my own coffee while we, we were living in uh, Virginia during that time. Um, so started roasting my own coffee then, and that kind of started getting a little bit more intense with kind of what I did with coffee uh, after that. And then settled down in Charlotte, got a job in coffee. Um, and Charlotte's kind of been in this place where it's like, it's, come a long ways um, in its development, but it's also like fairly recent in developing a lot of like new businesses have, have like moved in uh, like fairly recently. It's like one of the bigger banking cities in the South or whatever. So it kind of has this duality with like old Charlotte and new Charlotte, <clears throat> which means that either there's like kind of more um, rural uh old southern vibes right butt up against very new development like bank of america corporate elite finance financier vibes um which kind of left this huge cavern of or huge chasm of uh culture in between there um where there wasn't really a lot going on um especially at the time and it's come a long ways now but um, while I was here, there was like pretty much one coffee shop that was doing, uh, things, um, at like a pretty good level, <clears throat> started working there. Um, and at a certain point 
just kind of craved different, uh, different facets of coffee and different expressions of coffee. Cause being from Portland, there's so many different shops with so many different vibes and different styles of roasting and different flavors in their coffee and all that sort of stuff. So me and a couple of friends, uh, decided that if we want to see more out of the city, there's room to grow it here. So, um, we started, uh, as a pop-up and we started just like, um, sourcing from roasters that we really loved and started brewing coffee. So that, that's the official beginning of Hex Coffee. Yeah. So we, as we a, started, as a, yeah. So we started Hex Coffee. Brand, right? Well, yeah, we didn't roast our own coffee at the time. Um, but we just like sourced from quality roasters that we knew like were doing things that were not the norm for where we were just to kind of like share different expressions of coffee uh, with our local communities um, and create opportunities for more community and all that sort of stuff to happen. So we would, uh, we would make pour overs, we made waffles and cold brew and all that sort of stuff. And um, we would just like take over other people's spaces that would invite us to stay in um, and turn their like retail store or their brewery or like their uh, bottle shop or deli or whatever into a coffee shop for like a couple hours in the morning and we'd sell waffles and coffee um and did that for a while and just kind of like step by step kept growing and kept doing like the next thing and then the next thing and the next thing and then um kind of came to a point where we could feasibly uh buy a roaster and uh like a pallet of coffee and we could or at least no we could rent some time on someone else's roaster and we bought a pallet of coffee and we started roasting our own coffee at that point. Um, and then kind of from there, we just kept going. So that's when we started roasting coffee. I think that was like 2016, um, 2017. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was always the end goal to like kind of provide something new for Charlotte, a different expression of coffee, um, for a city that we felt needed more. Um, and deserved more. So you say that like a different expression of coffee is, how would you describe that? Like a little clearer, like what is it that you were bringing to the table that wasn't there? Um, I think more so what we bring to the table is, uh, high quality provenance driven coffees. Um, that's more so focused on coffee as a crop rather than coffee as a created roasted crafted product um kind of passing the um i I don't know uh passing it back down to the chain to the to the farmer who are growing the coffees um because there are amazing farmers all over the world that are doing some really incredible incredibly progressive things um in coffee and growing really fantastic products um and a lot of roasters take those coffees and then they roast them and try to create flavors out of them and, and overly process them in a way. Um, and kind of, as you process them, you kind of mask the clarity of, of the terroir of what that coffee is as a raw product. So our goal was to push forward the, the clarity of being able to take that coffee and share a sense of place and a sh- share a sense of quality with what the farmer did rather than what the roaster did. Hmm. Um, 
so then you have certain farms and certain farmers that you always have chosen <clears throat> to work with. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of different things. Coffee is really complex. Um, obviously there are a lot of hands that pass from like the farmer to the, to the, uh, to the buyer, to the exporter, to the importer, to the roaster, to the cafe, to the purchaser or whatever. Um, so there are a lot of different things that you can do with coffee um, as far as like your ethos for like what you're trying to do with coffee. And I think every, every country has its own specific makeup of like its history with coffee and where it comes from. Um, like coffee in and of itself is, is a really colonialized product. Um, and it has like a pretty harsh history um, that a lot of people overlook um, because people think of coffee as like a low quality, uh, low, at least a low cost thing as your morning cup of coffee. But it's be, it's that way because it comes from stealing people's land, forcing slave labor, uh, taking products and uh, exporting them to places where you can get cheaper labor and then exploiting the farmers and the workers in those areas. Um, and then on top of all that, creating a basically stock market structure where coffee is traded so that, you know, people in the stock exchange can dictate the price that you're able to sell your coffee for. So if people in the stock market say that your coffee is only worth 90 cents a pound, then the farmer's screwed because the coffee takes more to grow. It costs more to grow a pound of coffee than it does to sell a pound of coffee. Mm -hmm. um, and that there's always that struggle with, with farmers and, and every country has a different history with coffee um, and where it comes from and how it's exported and how it's produced and all that sort of stuff. And so everything is a really complex balance of uh, understanding its, its history and operating in ways that are um, trying to do better by the industry. Which I'm so guessing then also drives the farmers to cut as many corners and make it like a less quality product because they have to try to make uh, it. For yeah. Cost. I mean, oftentimes it can. Um, and that's what specialty coffee is trying to get out of is creating a platform for farmers to sell coffee outside of the normal markets that farmers have been tied to um, and be able to, rather than have price dictate dictated by a market, have price dictated by either quality or by uh, relational expectations. Like we have farmers that we work with year after year after year um, and farmers that we have that, even if their quality of their crop is not as good as the previous years, because this year there was like more rain than expected or more rain. And that just made quality go down or, um, or there was like coffee leaf rust, um, like some genetic diseases uh, happening in origin and production was down or something like that. They know that they're working with people rather than fighting against a market to sell their coffee. Um, so we, we purchase from a lot of buyers every year. Um, and there's, there's a select number of uh, growers that we 
um, definitely look for and try to keep sustained relationships for and continually invest into and continually um, kind of push forward their uh, their quality of life um, as a coffee grower. Are there any countries that just in general haven't caught up and across the board it's like, hey, just I wouldn't trust <clears throat> coffee coming from this country. Like there's there's no good ethical stuff coming out of there. Um, I, I couldn't say as a country, um, I couldn't put that, um, an umbrella over a whole country. I I think there are, um, I I think it's more so knowing the suppliers that you're purchasing your coffee through and being able to trust that they're doing things right by their farmers. Mm -hmm. Um, you can get coffee from all over and you can get coffee that's exploiting the like remnants of slave labor mm-hmm. um, from every country of origin. Gotcha. Okay. So, th- so you're, I had never heard of that or thought of it. So you're essentially saying a cup of coffee should cost closer to like, I don't know what you guys sell it at, but like four or $5 as opposed to a dollar. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of arguments to be made for that. Um, for sure. Um, of just like one being able to pay the farmers well for the coffee that they're producing. Um, but then also just like to pay accommodating for like American workers Mm -hmm. and, you know, like the exploitation of low cost labor, Mm -hmm. uh, which a lot of coffee shops can be like kind of stuck in like have to like use low cost labor. And then they're also like, well, the workers there are going to be reliant on tips, which is also remnants Mm -hmm. of a slave based system as well, which is like kind of a weird place to be in. Cause it's like, no, like, I don't know if we're going to get rid of tips altogether because if we get rid of tips, that means we have to charge, you know, more money per everything at your restaurants, at your bars, at your coffee shops um, to get rid of tipping. Um, But tipping in and of itself is a flawed system um, as well. So I don't know. Uh, Definitely like coffee should be more expensive than what a lot of people perceive it to be. Mm -hmm. Um, if it's going to be done ethically. And there are, there are some shops that are like trying like no tipping systems where their coffees are like, you know, you can get a latte for $7 rather than $4 or something like that. And they're um, it's a really cool experiment and I'd like, and they're doing well with it. Um, And it's a bold move to be the first people to like try to do that sort of stuff, which is I commend them for um, making that stance and making that switch. Um, but it's like, it's tough because as a, as a coffee shop, you're also subject to the economy that you're stuck within. And mm-hmm. if your economy is also not providing resources or giving you any legs up to, uh, to be able to be successful, mm-hmm. um, rather than providing like tax breaks for huge corporations and, Right. You know, trying to basically pay Amazon to create fulfillment centers at your local, you know, at your yeah. 
in your town or whatever, um, there's not a, that doesn't necessarily trickle down to the, like the small businesses, yeah. which doesn't trickle down to the to the workers that work in those small businesses, which doesn't trickle down to the providers for that small business, which yeah. can include farmers at origin. You know. Well, I mean, like I'm not a coffee guy. I don't. Um, I I'm don't a tea guy. Very good point. Yeah. Um, I so I didn't know about that stuff. However, I'm somebody who has made like intentional decisions in my life to not buy items that are too cheap, right? Like, yeah. And so I wonder, like, maybe most coffee drinkers know what you're saying, but I wonder if like a lot of it is just getting awareness and information out there because why does my cup cost $7 as opposed to a dollar or even $4? Um, and then if it gets explained, it's like, oh, well, that that totally makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I wonder if most coffee drinkers really understand why the prices. Because honestly, my my like cynical self would have said they're upcharging a lot for this hoity-toity experience. And I even think there's a level at which a lot of coffee drinkers think that that's what they're paying for as well and may not yeah. even understand what the what what it is that they're paying extra for. And you might be like to a certain extent like you don't know how the financials of that company are are working out. Right. Like but I can almost guarantee you that if you're going to any like local-ish coffee shop you're not putting money into the pockets of some corporate board, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you're at least helping the coffee shop keep the lights on. Right. and do what they do and yeah, if you I feel enjoy like... doing what they do you should feel happy to pay for it and if they accept tips happy to tip for it as well right yeah i feel like jeremiah you were touching on like there there's gonna be like you know you guys don't drink coffee so but it's like there's people who go to starbucks every day right mm-hmm. and they'd be mad if i don't know what a cup of coffee costs at starbucks is like two bucks or something i don't know but they'd be mad if it went up 50 cents. Yes. Right. But that represents a, that's more like those people could probably are just too ashamed to go to McDonald's to get the same. Cup. <laughs> you know, and I'm not like, I dr- dude, I drink Starbucks. I'm not like, you know, it's not my choice. It's not my first choice, but it's mm-hmm. like, I'm not trying to be like some, uh, you know, virtue signal or whatever. <laughs> but I do, I, you know, I do, I think for myself and for a lot of people who are kind of on the fringe of, I, don't, I guess I would say I'm on the fringe of coffee culture. Like I love going, if I go to a new city, I want to go to a. Yeah. We've enjoyed shop. unique experiences together and all that. Yeah, stuff. for sure. Yeah. Um, and I, I love that. And I think, you know, there is, once you get into that culture a little bit, you learn enough to know, oh, it's this is these are the good reasons why this cup of coffee mm-hmm. is more expensive. And honestly, on a superficial level, it's so much better. Like right. it tastes yeah, so yeah, much better. Sure. So so you start to understand like there's, you know, like that I think that part helps you get over that line of like, oh, now I, I'm starting to understand like, you know, um, not just like the ethics of this cup of coffee, but also it's it 
feels like it's been cared for so much more mm-hmm. like it tastes so much better and the service is so much better and you know so i think those things all go together in a way that i mean i think that's what's addicting about getting into coffee culture that's like part of the thing is like there's sort of this um i don't want to say it's like a club or anything but it's like all of a sudden you are you know you have a new vocabulary or stuff you want to talk about and whatever and it's just like mm-hmm. you, you you belong to something that's you know that's different from the person who goes to the starbucks drive through every week yeah every and, and it's becoming a lot more inclusive i think i think coffee culture back in the early 2000s kind of shot itself in the foot a little bit by being the, the pretentious barista you have to listen to me and know you we don't have cream or sugar in our shop or anything like that um and kind of made this like asshole barista a normal thing for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the industry is doing a lot to like coffee shops generally are not like that anymore. <laughs> and everybody's right. it's like everybody's super excited to show you along rather than indoctrinate you or shame you for asking questions. Like there are a lot of people out there that are just stoked to have an outlet to express something that they're also passionate about. Um, so I think, I think it's becoming a lot more inclusive and wholesome and uh, less scary to get into. Um, and, and all of that being said, like I also, I know that like there are so many things in our, in our world and in our, like uh, in our society, in, in our markets that like, you have to choose your hills to die on, you know, mm-hmm. there is a lot to be fixed. Um, and I don't want to shame anybody for enjoying their, like their cup of Folgers in the morning or whatever like that. Like that's okay. Like we should choose our things to be like, really like we should at least be thinking about what we're doing, mm-hmm. uh, more. Um, and, if it's difficult to really keep up to date with all these sort of things, it's like, yeah, I like buying cheap t-shirts. I like buying cheap coffee. I like buying cheap, you know, chicken at the grocery store. Um, we should be thinking about how we're going to get, at least if, if you're not in a financial position to be able to invest into these things, we should be thinking about, and having conversations about how we get it to a more healthy, sustainable marketplace for everybody. Even if that's not the hill that that you specifically die on. Right. Well, everything we consume or buy or participate in is helping create the world we live in. Right. So, I mean, it's all of those things can, can it, and I get what you're saying. Like we don't want to choke too quickly on trying to figure it all out at once, but there is like, how can we carry that integrity? How can I make sure that, that anything I like to partake in is is being done in a way that I would want to be treated if I was trying to provide that thing. It seems, I mean, having been to your store several times, like clearly there's, and having talked with you for hours about like nuances of like, you get really into the nerdy side of like the chemistry and the math and all that. And like what countries and what conditions and temperatures like you're, but do you put, or have you put as much into like telling the story? Because it seems like, that is a big important part to who you are as a company, but it doesn't necessarily present itself when you drink. Like they can taste the difference if they get if they like coffee a lot, but they don't necessarily understand how much more integrity there is in the product. 
Yeah, I, and that's like that's the the difficult thing with with being a small business of like like how do you get the resources to be able to tell that story to as many people as you can? Like all all we can do right now is is make coffee as best we can and make it taste unique and delicious and feel like a new experience and have you maybe question your experiences with coffee before and maybe open up the doors for that sort of conversation. Um, maybe you could do a one hour podcast with each customer answering their questions oh, and they could interview you about your coffee. Yeah. yeah I definitely have the time for that. Yeah. <laughs> Hey guys, this is a quick interruption to invite you to check out The Epicenter. The Epicenter is our Patreon-based online community. If you're enjoying this podcast, you should check it out because there's a ton more content just like this. There are three different tiers with tons of other perks like exclusive music, video content, and merch with more being added each month and it's all built around a Discord server where we hang out, keep each other encouraged and inspired. Additionally, there are bonus episodes between the note each month available only to Patreon members. Right now, patrons have access to a whole series of episodes we are doing on our 2010 album, Yet. It's a track-by-track breakdown, and the most recent one is on our song, Ashes. In it, Jeremiah, Nate, and I discuss the writing and recording of that song. Here's a short clip of us discussing the gang vocal elements to the record. Yeah, I just remember like the, the gang vocal thing, which we had started doing a little bit into I Am Undone. This song is really like owning it, and yeah. our friends really stepped up and I could just, I could pick their voices out still them just like blowing their voices out. Come, they all came down. We talked, <laughs> told the story already, but yeah. they all came down to studio together and it was just such a fun experience for all of us. Cause we were just getting to know Goldman and Goldman was just getting to know us. And, um, and I, I think he still had some hesitance about, cause I had told him this song's going to have gang vocals and this song's going to have gang vocals and this song's <laughs> going to have gang vocals. And I think, Goldman had listened to me sing enough to be like, why, how is that going to be a great thing for you? Like, you, that's not the thing that your voice wants to do. And I, I, I think we just had a really clear picture that it was going to be, that it, it was going to do what, what our shows did. That was the goal. Like, we didn't want to have screaming, but we wanted it to feel like our show felt, which was like people yell the lyrics they like. Um, and as soon as they came down and started doing it, he was like, oh, yeah, this is cool. This is going to work. Um, I mean, he still pushed. I think I still wanted to do it on every song, and he pushed back on that. But <laughs> did we? I, I I don't know if that's true. We 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 actually had plans for gang vocals that didn't. No, happen but I just think I I think there was a couple times I was like, oh, and then maybe we could do it on gang. Oh vocal. yeah, in the and moment, yeah, go yeah, on and yeah. be like, no, maybe not. Maybe you just sing that part. <laughs> you know, maybe we just don't. Yeah, it's I could like see the that. weird. Like the gang vocal thing is weird because I think in the world that you guys were in at the time, that was so normal. But like. You 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 have to feel for Matt's hesitance now, right? Where you're just like, <laughs> yeah. why? Like nobody wants this or listen. You know, like yeah. any anyone that's out outside of sort of that hard, weird hardcore. Like you guys are on Face Down, a hardcore label, and it's like anything outside of that's like, why why do that? Like, yeah, it's, just, it's really weird. You know, obviously, yeah. like I'm not trying to like bad talk the record or whatever, like. Do like it. It's just it's just interesting. It's no, just it like right for the record. It does for date sure. the record to a certain extent. Yes. Like it does put it in a certain space and time, which is interesting. I mean, at the time, even Anathalo was yelling in their records, so it was like, you know, it was like for sure. But like, felt, you, have you heard that in like the last five years? No, I guess, not or, as much. Yeah. No, it was definitely like, a th- it, it, I didn't realize it at the time. It didn't feel like it, but it was one of those things that you 
look back on it and go, that was of the time. And mm. it, but it really did grow out of like, A, this is what happens at a good show. People do this yeah, naturally. for sure. And then B, so this will let us even make it clear to them which parts they should do. Yes. It. <laughs> it's like the most Aaron Stone thing ever. Like This way I, they don't have to wonder. They just won't know. <laughs> They'll just do it. That's it's like most... ultimate control. <laughs> no, don't yell that part at yeah. all. Nope. That... You guys don't. You don't yell there. It's coming up. Coming up. You're early. Remember, you heard it. You got to listen to the record more because it's coming up. It's right here. If you want to hear the rest of that conversation and get a ton more awesome content just like it, maybe take a minute and go check out The Epicenter over at patreon.com slash epicenter. Now back to this week's episode. Where where are things now? Like, I know you were, last time we talked, you had kind of had to shut down your actual yeah, like, I mean, storefront. You were doing more delivery and pickup stuff. Coronavirus times is weird. I mean, everybody is, is, is in different places, um, especially, I mean, in, in their personal lives with like whether they are able to keep their job or whether they're fired or furloughed um, and all that sort of stuff, whether they're able to work from home or to safely work at their normal job and, and do all that sort of stuff. So everybody has a different experience for that. But um, being in a service industry um, and as a coffee shop being part of a service industry and as a roastery being the people who supply other coffee shops and service industry sort of programs, that thing has kind of tanked at least for a, a good while. So um, we are fairly small with a small crew um, and that allows us to be able to pivot quickly and be really flexible with what we're doing. Um, and we were able to come up with some strategies during the whole quarantine time to be able to um, to create programs to to keep the business just m- moving um, because we weren't necessarily um, lucky with uh, necessarily having like landlords who would not collect rent during that time or all that sort of stuff. We still had a lot of bills to pay during that time, which is mm. really scary to have as a, as a business who loses 60, 75% of their business overnight, you know, mm. um, it's, it's scary. Um, and with, uh, um, so the sister company to hex coffee roasters is uh stable hand, which is our like uh coffee shop, also serves like natural wine and beer. Um, that was just recently went through a like renovation and opened up and did like a grand opening literally the week before everything shut down here, um, which, which was just brutal. Like, just frankly, like we didn't like build out took a lot longer than expected and cost a lot more than expected, which meant that we had not a lot of runway to be able to not make money um, to be able to still operate the business at all. Um, but we were able to be creative and we started a like online order and delivery service where we would like order beer and wine and bottle up like coffees for people. Um, and you could buy it online and like, I would go to the shop, package everything up and a couple of the other owners, other owners package everything up. And we just like spread out around, the Charlotte region and we would just drop coffee and beer and wine at people's doorsteps. Um, and without that 
frankly, we wouldn't still have the business at all. Um, uh, so being able to be creative during that time was, was crucial. Um, now we're getting into a point where people are a little bit more comfortable with um, the understanding of what uh, COVID is and how to be safe and operating outside of your home at all to, to kind of um, be able to like run errands or grab a coffee at the coffee shop. If you're doing the right procedures, you can do this fairly safely and, uh, and trust that your, you know, your local shops are also taking it seriously and doing the right procedures as well. Um, so if we can create an environment that's uh, thinking of all those things and, and creating a safe space for that to happen, then people are slowly coming back and, and being able to like, we're now able to serve people more out of stable hand. And um, a lot of the coffee shops that we work with are starting to find a little bit more regularity now. So the roastery is, is doing a little bit better and, and we didn't have a large crew to work with to begin with. So um, we're, through the worst of it and we're recovering for sure. Um, and we were able to make it without having to close anything down for good. Um, mm. which I know a lot of people weren't as lucky. Um, so I feel really thankful to be in the position that we're in. Um, although it's been, it's been interesting for sure. So people who are coming through Charlotte can come visit Hex and Stable Hand again. They can, yeah, and we're going to do our best to provide a uh, a safe space and a safe environment for that to happen, for sure. <laughs> no, that's completely at your own risk, but you can come there. <laughs> it's yep. a death trap, for sure. You might catch but... something, but it's not going to be coronavirus. <laughs> death, death trap coffee. You can spin our wheel of uh, of dangers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm glad to hear it's on the... On the... I'm glad to talk to you now, because the last time we talked... It was like getting hairy, so I'm glad yeah. I didn't talk to you through the worst part of it. And really, no, like, <laughs> I wouldn't have accepted any calls during that time. It was, it was yeah. pretty stressful. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm just, I just, uh, yeah, I know you're so big on um, just emotionally dumping, uh, you know, and just giving tons of words to people about your emotional insides. <laughs> so yeah, mm-hmm. I just, I'm a, I'm a jelly. So I just, I'm just, just a little jelly. <laughs> He's just a jelly. <laughs> um, my other thought was just like, so this is, this obviously reminds me a lot guys of the, of the episode with Johnny from, um, from Advent and, uh, and beloved just cause he, he, he creates like high end clothing goods. Um, and for the people who might be just sort of getting into like, like I know you said, Hey, I understand if you can't tackle it all. But for people who are starting to become more aware and 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 woke um, to like kind of pursuing making sure this part of their life has integrity too, like what can you direct? Is there any where you can direct them to? Like, hey, these there's like alliances that will list like who buys coffee from these kind of people or where they can look to kind of get in the know because most of our audience probably doesn't live in Charlotte and they but they might be wanting to look to buy something that has as much integrity and thoughtfulness and is uh bringing such good things into the world. Was there anything you could direct them to? Uh, just buy coffee from Hex Coffee. Yeah. yeah where, where, um, what cities yeah. is Hex in? Like Charlotte. 
but no, no other coffee. No, can you run? Oh, I mean, no, no, yeah, you can, you can buy coffee anywhere in the world from our online store, and no, we'll ship it if there's any to you. Shops that. Oh, I mean, yeah, there's there's shops around somewhere. around the U.S. There are that sell our coffee, um, and like that's kind of like it, a thing. or they just sell it in well, the, like the packages combination. You know, some okay. of them, some of them brew it, What's some of them cities, carry retail and cities? sell it, and like impress us with some cities. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Um, I mean, oh, it changes okay, so gotcha. it changes so often because there's That's like this whole that. like oh, okay. multi roaster setup kind of in coffee, which is like the big thing in coffee right now. I think most new shops that open up are like they'd call them a multi roaster, which means they have no like singular allegiance to a specific roaster, and they just like mm-hmm. bring in coffee from whomever. Gotcha, and okay. we might be on that list for that week or that month or that three month period. But there's and, some distributor out there that sells that does the go between there for you or something? no they just buy individually from oh each really one. yeah they just hear about you and they did their homework just like he That's did cool. his yeah um yeah. <clears throat> i don't know so there's there's shops all around there's shops in california ohio um florida uh, other shops in north carolina kansas um i, I can't remember who who are all selling talk coffee to you at the moment it wasn't um, uh, ireland when we stopped at uh, at Mike's coffee shop in Kansas yeah. City, didn't wasn't he selling some hex coffee, or, had, or he brought it up? I doubt it because they're like they're <laughs> they going to be own their too. only brand, right? What was the name of that shop? Do you guys remember? Uh, Where was it? Ordinary Kansas City, not ordinary or something like that. No, it's um. Oh my gosh, it's in Kansas City, Tanner. It's a good spot. Um. I can't. I'm sure it. you'll know it if Nate pulls it up. But Mike from from Yearling, the dr- their drummer, like he, I don't know if he's yeah. the manager now or he runs it, but he was. I think he was the manager, um, and uh, ran their roastery. But oddly, oh, correct. cool. Oh oddly yeah, yeah, correct. yeah. Oddly correct is a great roaster. Uh, yeah, they're they're pretty big in that area. Right. They're uh, they're, they're cool. Sell their own yeah. Coffee, right. Tanner, was there some place that you would give people to like start reading into, like for whatever the city they're in to participate in, like good coffee culture? Uh, I don't know. I I just say go to your local coffee shops, um, and start chatting with baristas, um, ask them what they're drinking, and just kind of get a conversation going. Um, I think that's the best place to start, realistically, um, and for the most part. Uh, people are open to just like chatting and and talking about it. Mm-hmm. Well, because yeah. So what you're saying is you did your own research, so they need to do it too. Like, no, I'm not, I'm not saying do your own research. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying there's not really like a source yeah, of like not an answer to that. There, there's not a, a a you know. You guys a, don't have an alliance yet. You guys don't have like a like a no. There's not like a, a board Avengers? that approves po- coffee shops or coffee roasteries or anything like that. There's not a board. Dude, that's what you need to start. It's almost that's like saying, saying, "Hey, tell me which local bands I should listen to." It's like, dude, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You you live in a totally no, different it, city. It, Just go no, figure but, it dude, out, dude. You know what it's exactly like? Is is I work with auto recyclers. If you were to ask my friends in that industry. What lots in my region are doing it responsibly? Well, they could answer. Like, there's people tend to, you know, I mean, people who you work with and respect. Every city we've ever, (laughs) every city we, every city we've ever played in, Tanner knows if there's a good shop there. Like Tanner, like has it smelled out? You know, because you can you can get a vibe for like what they're doing, 
Like if they seem very corporate. What's or the coffee very magazine local. though, Tanner? There's some publication I mean, they're, they're, that's going out that's telling you about this stuff. I mean, you can start at like just it's just the back part of Hustler. There, there's like Sprudge.com, which is like a what? Sprudge. Sprudge. Yeah. Sprudge. That sounds like as much of a joke as Hustler. S P R U D G E dot com. committed to this bit. Sprudge. Uh, <laughs> like we believe that. It's fat chance. Uh no, they uh, they do like a sometimes they do like a city highlight where they like you know show the like culture of the city mm-hmm. or different coffee shops in the city and do like a tour of it or they just do like articles about like you know right now a lot of stuff is based on like coronavirus and and coffee shops adjusting to that it's it's kind of like a coffee culture industry journalistic type mm-hmm. thing um and that that can be a good resource if you're interested in reading about stuff and just kind of peruse that um, and that might be fine. Uh, really, the best thing to do is just to talk to people. Mm-hmm. And the best thing to do is just go to your local coffee. We all, we're talking to you, yeah. Tanner. Well, then just buy my coffee and don't buy anyone else's. <laughs> buy my coffee, there you douche. There we go. That's what we were looking for. <laughs> I was, we were trying to set you up the whole time. You just wouldn't swing. Jeez. Tanner, I know you said uh, barista culture is shifting. Uh, our... What are the chances that a barista is not digging the fact that I just asked for a sweet iced tea? Uh, I mean, depending on where you live, I think in the South, it's a lot more common. So I think probably people are expecting it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, in other parts of the country, it's probably a little less, uh, less common of an ask at that mm-hmm. coffee shop. Um, you know, like, we would probably do it not the way that you would want it to be. <laughs> Most, well, I'd say, I would say 30% of the time it's not great. But yeah. Most of the time it's good or really good. Okay. I see. That's the thing. The, the whole iced tea palette mm-hmm. is a wide swath of, right. of things. And it depends on the specific person of what they're looking for. Right. Because some sweet tea is just like rip your teeth out sweet. Right. Other sweet tea, like I could make, like I could go to my shop and I could make like a really elite level sweet tea or whatever using like a beautifully grown first flush Chinese black tea from uh, from somewhere. I don't know, wherever. I don't know, whatever we have on right now. Um, <laughs> but I can make a, like a really beautiful tea that's full of character and nuance and flavor and lightly sweeten it so that it's a, like a sweet iced tea for you. And that might be great. It, I would probably really enjoy it, but I don't know if a sweet tea drinker a southern sweet tea drinker would enjoy that. So the way you described it, I was kind of going off into a beautiful place, man. So. I think I mean that's the beauty of it. It could be a beautiful place, but if you just want a freaking sweet tea and you just want it quick, and why is it a big deal? Like, why does it take you more than 30 seconds to pour me a cup of the sweet tea? Then I can't help you there because that's just not what we do. 
Right. No shame for doing that. I've, but it's not I've what we never do. felt like a coffee shop took too long to make the tea. That's good. Like you're you're okay if a coffee shop doesn't have tea ready and they brew a hot tea in four to five minutes and then ice it down and then sweeten it for you. So it takes I would say overall I don't know for sure if I've six, had that experience. Really? Um that's how I, I feel like a lot of... I mean, unless I was... I, I, I assume if I was like, hey, I'm just going to pop in here and get a tea really quick, then that would frustrate me. But if we were going in to all get drinks and sit down, that wouldn't bother me. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, I would If it took a while, I would just go, oh, they're not... They're, they're, like, this is not their thing, but they offer it. Like, if it was, I would almost you know, think they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> well, when I go to yeah. Caribou, it's like they've already got tea made usually because yeah, it's they like know where you have at. to have tea ready if you're gonna have that sort of thing. You know, like, right? And all of our stuff Most is like do have a black brewed to order or whatever. I'm, I'm sure where, where you're at, that that is true, because I I, I would imagine people a lot of coffee shops are expecting that. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't get that order nearly as often. Um, and we brew all of our teas to order and we can ice it down for you. I'm and it pretty comes sure out pretty you quick, told but me you couldn't make me a sweet tea when I was there. I could, I, I might've told you I couldn't make sweet tea the way you want yours. <laughs> <laughs> but I did do to my credit. I did do a really, um, I pushed through and I did a taste test of quite a few different things. Yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm proud of you. You had like, I, I gave you like our, it was pearls before swine. I can guarantee that I gave you like, no, I mean, I gave you like espresso and I gave you like a couple of different, like, you know, black coffee drinks to taste like different styles of different coffees and, and different origins that. and all that I sort of stuff. And taste the difference. at least there's that, at least if, if you recognize that like, Oh, this is like different than this. And that's like, can, can really you just does a does a mocha almond smoothie from Tropical Smoothie count? No, as coffee <laughs> count as what? Calorie count his favorite coffee, coffee. count as calories. <laughs> does it count as coffee? Uh, what is mocha? Mocha just means chocolate and coffee together. Oh, okay, cool. Well, there you go. So there's some coffee um, in there. I like chocolate so, covered coffee beans. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <Quite a> what? <laughs> All right. Right on, <laughs> dude. <laughs> this is when your granddad's trying to relate to Hell you. Yeah, man. And, and he's like, um, what I was just going to ask. So we've watched you, you know, over the oh, many years of our friendship. Like, I remember you first getting a Chemex and taking it on the road and being like, more particular in reading about chemistry and you were like measuring things and all this stuff. And Okay. I never took a Chemex on the road. That's ridiculous. I took an Aeropress on the road. Aeropress. Sorry. Aeropress. My bad. Um, that didn't that, fit the haiku. Uh, it didn't. I forgot about Aeropress. <laughs> um, but that's true too, Jeremiah. Um, Aeropress is too many syllables. Uh, what is like, you're catching and, and, up. You're... <laughs> what is, um, what is like next? Like, what are you excited about now? Cause like, you've always been a self- in coffee. He's just trying to survive through this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I was going to ask what would have been next before coronavirus. Like, I mean, we're, we're, we're still trying to do, right? be progressive. Like we're, we're a progressive roastery. We're trying to think ahead and we're trying to do cool stuff. So, you do uh, know that dung coffee dung. No, uh, that's no one should ever buy that. That's usually <laughs> one. That's just like, 
not it's not really making great coffee or anything like that. Gotcha. And two, it basically is force fed to animals and then collected. Oh, it's not like a natural part of their diet. Oh, it's like they will eat coffee part. beans and then poop it out if there's nothing else for them. Mm. So they're usually kept in cages and force fed coffee to make wow. all this like, coffee or whatever. So it's not re- like the hype of it is just that it's fermented in the in- intestinal tract yeah. of a animal that is put through it's intense like stress. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Foul gras. Yeah. Like that too. I yeah, don't know what, yeah. I know that's bad, but I don't know what that is. Yeah. So no, we're not, we're not doing anything like that, but I guess on that note, like fermentation is really interesting right now in coffee. Um, there are a lot of producers doing some really interesting things as far as like, um, as far as fermentation is concerned in, um, kind of refining that process. Most coffee origins, um, coffee's a really like traditional sort of, uh, agriculture, um, for a lot of regions. So you kind of do things the way that your father did them. Um, and they just, they learn to do things from their neighbor or whatever. So, um, now with kind of the world being more connected and with, uh, coffee, especially coffee growing and coffee industry as a whole kind of growing. There's a lot more like we're learning a lot more about what happens and what creates unique flavor in coffee and how to refine that process. And part of that is the fermentation process in coffee. So coffee is a fruit. Um, it's actually the seed of a fruit. So you pick the fruit, you take out the seeds, um, and then they're covered in like a pulp ish type thing. Um, and then to get that pulp off, usually it has to be fermented. Um, and that fermentation will create bacteria and enzymes that will, um, and yeasts that naturally grow in the environment. And that'll eat away the, the pulp. Um, that's like pectin basically. Um, and that will impart some flavors, um, naturally. And, and then it will be dried and then shipped to your roaster. Um, that's a quick nuts and bolts breakdown of how coffee is processed. Um, but in that fermentation process where that pectin is, is broken down, a lot of different things can happen. You can either have oxygen exposed or you can cover it and have no oxygen exposed. And that, that creates an anaerobic environment for fermentation, which creates different bacteria and enzymes and different, um, different acids are created as a byproduct of those uh, enzymes um, and yeasts that start to eat those sugars on that uh, on that coffee, um, and then there's all sorts of combinations of different times that you're fermenting, different like yeasts that you add, or whether you use just like natural yeast that are growing um, on the fruits of the coffee or just floating in the air, and all that sort of stuff. Um, and people are doing some really interesting things with being more experimental with that and creating some really unique. Um, and really interesting flavors with that, um, as well as we're learning a lot more about uh, coffee varieties. So there's coffee is a large, it's, it's a species of, of a fruit and there's um, many varieties. Like in wine, there's like, you know, Pinot Noir and Chardonnay and, and you know, Mouvedre and all sorts of different um, wine grapes there's all sorts of different coffee plants. 
Um, and they all create different flavors and have different characters and all that sort of stuff. And we're learning a lot more about um, either lost varieties um, or less known varieties or certain varieties grow better in different conditions and refining those conditions that, that different varieties grow in or growing natural Ethiopian varieties in Guatemala and seeing what flavors are produced through that or hybridizing uh, uh, varieties and creating like mutated or um, offshoots of, of two different parent varieties and all that sort of stuff. So there's a lot of really interesting things going on with kind of experimentation in coffee and just learning more about the process as a whole. Um, coffee being put under the lens like this is not something that's been done um, very, it's, I mean, it's not very common. Like it's, it's very new. Like wine has been around for ages and has been seen as this top, you know, elite beverage and has gone under like the, the whole, like, you know, there's wine programs and wine research facilities and all that sort of stuff where we're learning. People have learned a lot about wine and coffee is just as complex, if not more. And we just don't know anything about it. And now people are starting to put coffee under the microscope and learn more about what's going on in the process and really refine those things. So it's all, all really exciting to kind of experiment and figure out what's going on with all sorts of different processes and varieties and fermentations and all that sort of stuff. Do you have any other hot take put downs you want to say about wine before we uh, bring this to a close? Dang, dude. About wine? Yes. Are we going to switch gears all, all together and go? go <laughs> no, no. I just you were you were throwing some some pretty so- soft shade on wine there, um, and I just wanted to give you a chance. No, I don't. Sh- I don't throw shade on wine. It's just like like wine has gone through the same thing that like all it agriculture. Moment. It had its moment. No, it no, no. Moment. Wine, wine is gr- great, and I own a shop that's that sells wine but wine has gone through the same sort of thing that all american agriculture and most developed world agriculture has gone through which has been uh completely industrialized um and taken over by like labs uh with you know chemical additions and gone through these regular rigorous like i don't know controlled uh I don't know, controlled processes um, that create basically to create the exact wine that you want to create out of the grapes that you have, Um, which means that you can get a wine that like is grown in California and is made with like a Cabernet grape and you can get it to taste like whatever other Cabernet that you want because you added this and you added this and you added this and you used a lab grown yeast and you also filtered it through a a fish lung or whatever. And cool. Yeah. Uh, So wine in general, uh, for the most part is very industrialized. It's not what the way wine was intended to be grown or produced. If you take grapes and you put them in a bucket, they'll eventually turn to wine. Um, And so natural wine, which is exclusively what we sell at our shop um, is more so a way to roll back the clock and start producing wine in the way that it was originally made back in the day, um, rather than using industrialized techniques of additions. And you know that like 
the wine that you get in the bottle is what those grapes tasted like in that harvest in that region and with the skill of that wine producer rather than the controlled flavors that were injected into that wine by the powers that decided that the wine should taste like this. Dropping that knowledge on us, dude. <laughs> Appreciate it. I mean, that's a whole nother podcast. Serious wine dunk over here. Let's do kombucha now. <laughs> All right. I don't I don't know anything about that. <laughs> this episode will be called All the Beverages with Tana Marita. Beverage talk. <laughs> Beverage time. Beverage <laughs> slam. Uh, well, I know we could talk a lot more about this because anything that Tanner knows much about, he tends to know a lot about. Uh, so thank you for uh, enlightening us all. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Go by Hex I'm Club glad Club. my obsessive, compulsive uh, ramblings are valuable to anybody at all other than me. <laughs> You provided jobs with those obsessive ramblings, man. A few. I'd like to provide a few more. <laughs> but if you keep buying Hex Coffee, we can. Gosh, just how many times is he going to mention it? <laughs> <laughs> this podcast was brought to you by Hex Coffee. Ooh, yeah. Hey, I dude, like if, that. You wanna, if you want to uh, be an advertiser on Between the Notes, we can do that. It's steep, though. I'm going to be honest with you. It's a lot yeah. of money. Ugh. It's a lot of dough we're talking about. He's got to send yeah. uh, Nate a few bags of coffee. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's the more price. Because I can do that. The process is so much integrity. And, everybody and then gets... you just ship me some sweet iced tea every once in a while. I think living with Aaron's Kashi farts for <laughs> that year was, was enough. It's funny because... That was I've, his penis. I've earned it. <laughs> I've tried a couple times. I'm walking through a grocery store like five, seven, eight years later. I'm like... That couldn't have been. I'm going to get, I like it. So I'm going to buy Kashi cereal again. And I buy it and immediately it's like, that's a mistake. Yeah. Something it's, about it's that I just can't process. So yeah, your good. body does not like Kashi. Well, my body likes it, but nobody else likes it. That what my body <laughs> does with it. So um, so to end on that note, we always end uh, Tanner with the, just, we call it thanks, no thanks. Uh, just pick one. You, we're all going to go. You can go last so that you can think, but. Just one mm. thing you're either thankful or not thankful for. Not one of each. Either. Just, just one. one, one choose, choose one. one not be, one of each. Yeah, you get one. to be grateful or angsty. These are the choices we make on a weekly basis. Okay. Uh, who's ready to go? Who's got one locked and loaded? Uh, I do. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. I throw a uh, thanks to my new friend, Jay, who came over today to fix my car. Thanks, Jay. Ooh. You rule. Right Jay, on, Jay. He's your new friend because he fixed your car? Yeah. He lives, like, close to us, and someone, one of our neighbors, uh, gave me his number, and then I texted him, and then he came over. That's and he's sick. like, yeah, I can go get the part. And then he got the part, and I paid him some money, and bam, my car works. Well, Your new I'm... car. Yeah, new-ish, new to me. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm thankful over uh, Memorial Day weekend. Is that what we were at? Labor Day weekend. Um, went to went camping with the family in Red River Gorge. I'm thankful for Red River Gorge. It's awesome. awesome. Uh, I'm thankful for uh, a lot of our neighbors like pitched in and did uh, 
one of those meal train things, um, and my wife was smart enough to like not start it until all the family that was here to kind of help us through the first week was gone, and then she spread it out, and it's just been so nice to every other night or every third night, one of our neighbors brings us dinner. And so thanks to all my awesome neighbors. What do you got, Tanner? Oh, you gonna go we're so thankful. Yeah, someone yeah, yeah, need to sour this bowl of oatmeal, huh? I mean, the the only like no thanks that I can that I can give right now is a a pretty big downer. Uh, no thanks to the fires that are blazing mm-hmm. okay. all across the Northwest uh, and Cal and California as well. Uh, it's it's an apocalypse over there. Yeah, man. I'm thankful crazy. that I'm not there having to breathe that air, but a lot of my friends yeah, are my family is no thanks it's it's pretty intense and uh so no thanks to forest fires mm. for sure i, f- I feel mm, that no thanks to gender reveal parties yeah oh my god <laughs> <laughs> is that what started it well started yeah, at least at least one of one them of the, yeah. one of the bigger ones yeah. that's what started yeah no it. thanks to gender reveal parties i, I think that feels <laughs> a lot better yeah it's a lot more concise. Uh, in general, those suck. So I, I'm okay with I putting a whole no yet. thanks on that. I don't know if I would, but... I'm sure they're really exciting for the people that are involved in them. What if yeah. it was a sneak invitation, Maya? What if someone was just like, hey, uh, we're having a get-together, come on over, and then you arrive, and then you find out. Would you I'd be bail? You'd be late. Technically, lit. technically, I kind of did that to his wife, because... We didn't know the gender of our baby, and she was our doula. So technically, we did invite her to a surprise gender reveal. That's right. Um, Dude, he yeeted it right at you guys. And let me just tell you, my experience... How many forest fires did you start in that gender reveal? (laughs) Dude, you have to light at least two or three. Um, Yeah, it's funny because they told us, like, no one doesn't know anymore. And I'm like, yeah, because it's... Now you have a party around that whole thing. You know, it's just another... Yeah, anyway. it's like uh, it's definitely unique when you don't know. Yeah, it was cool. Just, I highly definitely recommend some it. Instagram content. Yeah, you know that's mm-hmm. what we did with it. Uh, yeah, I highly recommend it. It, was, it made it super fun. I don't know. It was how sponsored it was by Target. Right? Sponsored by Hex Coffee. This Hashtag ad. <laughs> I just don't have. Uh, I'm gonna say it. Here's my hot take. I don't have much patience for the people who say I, I just have to know beforehand. I can't. I'm just like no. No, you don't have to. Maya, that's unfair because you have patience to no end. Yeah. How is it? And also, isn't for thousands of years, people didn't have access. They they, they may have had to know, but they couldn't. See, so that see, that's so loaded though, because you're basically saying, are you saying that anyone who decides to know, you don't have patience for? No, no, no. no, no. That's not necessarily what I'm saying. I know, but it's like that's what it sounds like. So it's kind of like you got to be careful. I can tell you what it is. It is the language. It's they're saying I have. To know, like that is what is. What does it matter if you have to know or you want to know? That's the it. Like we're we're. we're I want to know is fine. It's nomenclature at that point. Like I have to know. No, but if someone if someone says to me, I want to. There's a difference. It's we're talking about language Language matters, Nate. If someone says to me, (laughs) I want to know, I'm like, great, that's fine. No, if they say I have to know, I'm like, that's not true. I'm, you're, well, it's you're, a hyperbole. I'm, I'm assuming, assuming someone's speaking to you, right? So you have to right. decipher their lexicon. If someone just says, "Oh, I just have to know," are you going to say, "I have no patience for you. Get out of my sight"? <laughs> it's hyperbole. Will, no, it's I, will, I have I'm to know, or I will literally it, I'll die. I'll just be like, "That's ridiculous." Yeah. 
I think that this is so unfair, Jeremiah, because I could be I could be punching you in the face, just wailing on your face, and I'm gonna say I'll stop eventually, and I think that would be fine for you. As long as you're going to stop eventually, I'll yeah. be fine. <laughs> you have patience to no end. I don't know. You're not a good barometer for. No, that's what I'm trying to say get. Everyone at. should see. It's like, okay, so I shouldn't express how I feel about something anymore. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, no. This this podcast is now taking its most inevitable turn that it takes every episode, which is to breaking down Jeremiah's personality. Like you, you're not hip to this Tanner, but every episode so far <laughs> no, has wait, gone into the deep episode. end of trying to understand how Jeremiah's brain works. Hey, and, but here's the thing. Nobody Jeremiah hates it more than him. I, just, I understand how Jeremiah's brain works. I just don't like how it works. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremiah's the one that came up here and said, I cannot, I don't have any patience for someone who says I have to know. Wait, is that hyper? Is he using hyperbole to to call out hyperbole? Use, he could, he could be. Obviously, I have pay, I I will contain myself. But I'm just like, that's <laughs> such a silly thing to say. Is that obvious? Contained. Why does language exist then? That's the argument that was just made. <laughs> um, I I guess I would say it was only obvious to you guys, but um, that I wouldn't like actually lose it then. But it's true. Um. No, some people mean like hyper hyperbolically, like oh, I just have to know. Some people say it in a sense of like, I literally don't understand how you could not know. Like I have to know because I have to be ready and prepare. And in that sense, I'm like, I don't get what you're saying. Like because I gotta know whether to paint my baby room <laughs> blue or pink. Pro- maybe. You know, I don't. It's different for different people. For I think, sure. yeah. I, don't know. I think there's just very a type A people cannot handle was, the not being in control and no. I was low key it's shocked a, a that my wife was in on it because yeah. she's very like my wife's very plan likes to have all the information. But so I was shocked when she was like down with me to like go along for the ride. Yeah. Um, but yeah, how they recommend it uh, if you. If you do want to know and you have to tell Jeremiah about it, just make sure how, how you phrase it is correct. Be, is choose your words carefully. <laughs> it's fun. I mean, like he may dude, become uncontained. It's like we've lost this ability to have to like feel differently about things. Like you guys can disagree with that and you guys can be like if anybody's offended that I think it's crazy that you want to know early, that's so silly. Why would you? Uh, you didn't say crazy. That? You said you had no patience, which I don't know if you're that's, a snap, that, you know, which one's worse. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. It might be worse that I just he's going postal. You know what I mean? No, but like, who cares what I, why would anybody care what I think about that? You know what I mean? Just like, trying to punch up the content, bro. <laughs> <laughs> People care because they have chosen to talk to you. You know, that's true. This person right. might really care about you, dude. Think about that. No, no. I mean, they may be interested. Like, I care. Okay, here's here's what I mean by care in that sense. Like, I care what your opinion is, but if it's different than mine or if it disagrees with mine, I'm not going to be like hurt by that. Yeah, you're yeah, hurt by dis- How I feel about saying, myself is very. If it disagrees with my like opinion, like actions. You know, like. Do you remember Jeremiah the last time your feelings were hurt? Uh, did we talk about this? Yeah, this is like the same conversation we lo- just had. No, no, no. This is not the. That was offended. That was the last time you were offended. Do you mean hungry? The, the last time he was yeah, hungry? hungry? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of the only things that he. Hunger I don't, and, I don't, yeah, and tight sleepiness are the main 
What's the difference between hunger and feelings hurt? Um, Wait, you mean you mean offended <laughs> hunger and feelings hurt? I can explain that one. I I don't I don't experience a difference. Um, oh, okay, I got it. No, um, I'm with you now. You're ahead. I of don't me know. Again. That's such a weird thing. Like that's just not something I would ever say or think. That oh, my feelings are hurt. That's I know. Bad, that's man. my point. That was the point. Yeah. I, I want to know what the consequent. What are the ramifications of your patience coming to an end? We all want to oh, see what no, that. Oh, dude, I get pissed about things. Are you kidding me? Yeah, but he. But loses like, would his... you walk away from the conversation, or would you? Oh. Would it be like well, a light slap on the cheek, like silence? I would probably get quiet. Yeah, I don't like engage very often. I have, but like usually I just be like. But that's okay. not like, losing I just your patience. End the conversation as quick as I. Yeah, can. that doesn't if sound you're so still, bad. No, 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 if no, you're no. St- yeah, yeah, no. I, I don't with people. I don't. I don't lose my patience with people. Like I, well, I do internally, but I work really hard to not externalize that. But yeah, I, dude, I. Yeah, I throw things. I'll throw things, or it's probably things. more at yourself. Like you yeah. did, Just you didn't like, fashion your jig the way I wanted as it to. precisely as you wanted right. it to be. It's not it's like usually, a you know it is. perfect ninety degree. It's like eighty eight point seven, and it's point seven messing off, everything up. Um, no, you you know what it usually is. It's like like uh like standing up too quickly and hitting your head on something like a door you didn't know is a cabinet door. Mother. You didn't know yeah, that's <laughs> that's yeah, what I don't have patience for, right there. With your own self, and, and with your own I'm body. Not hyperbolizing, mm-hmm. bro. I feel I that. No, I get that. That that that, that preaches. Do is have <laughs> you? So you noted notedly about twelve years ago, lost your temper with a homeless guy did, in our backyard. Yeah. Do do I has did. it happened since? Do you remember a clear no, time that you've lost your? That's patience the only time that I think I've ever. Well, I've 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 like. I've lost my patience with Atticus for sure. I, w- I wouldn't talk to him at all the same way I did with Ross, but don't, don't, don't be lit, man. Yelled but at him. He, he, he's, but I didn't see it. Yeah. Intentionally like contrarian, but we ended up, we ended up like having a really good conversation by the end of it. Yeah. yeah. I, I totally get that. Like people who are literally just taking a side just to be on the other side that you're saying at the moment Yeah, and are impossible to kind of, you can't create an argument with that if they're just going to flip flop to whatever, like yeah. the other side is no, at the I'm moment. I'm usually just like, how can we come back? I, I love, I do like peacemaking. Like how can we come back and get on the same page here? Um, if, if possible, I don't, yeah. I don't, think I've very often left where I and the other person are both just pissed. Have you ever been a, uh, a manager in a job or anything where you had people under your tutelage just purview? Or no, purview? Not really. just, just when like for the work that I do now, I've, I've had, and I've had interns. I had interns when I was a graphic designer. You, you had interns. Yeah. Plus you. you had interns that like you couldn't figure out like why they kept messing stuff up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's totally, of course, yeah. I'm sure all of my interns frustrated me at some point, including Tanner. <laughs> yeah. I think By the way, I, I just, like, maybe I've just, like, recognized that I know that, like, it's like I've done enough thought processing to know, like, oh, I irritate everybody sometimes. And so why would anybody be bothered to know that they irritate me? 
Like we, yeah, you, everyone irritates yeah. everyone. This is just how it goes. So why right, would you be upset you, if you realized, oh, I do something that irritates Jeremiah? This, I, I what do I do with that? Like, but to Jeremiah, to Tanner's know, point, just to Tanner's know that point, something you do irritates everyone. To Tanner's mm. point, you've cultivated an internal shutoff valve so that you don't lose your patience with people. Like you, you shut down, you shut down, or you move. Fun. Like, yeah, I don't like. I don't have a very big. Um, uh fight you know i'm definitely like a i don't even know if i'm really like flight it's just like hey what what can we do to like de-escalate it's more of a nah like it's just like <laughs> nah, i'm not like because i've sensed that hundreds of times in the course of our friendship where it's like oh he's done on this he doesn't want to talk about this is whatever you know like but you don't lose dude i'll yes. Yeah, I'll stay in a conversation way too long. Well, that's I, th- I think that's really interesting, but I don't think a lot of people have that same sort of like, I think for me personally, I, I feel like I can get really up. I, I try to do my best at being very conscious of the amount of energy that I'm outputting. Right. And I know just in general, I have a lower level of energy output than most people. Um, most people find me a little bit more like distant or cold emotionally. Um, so I know I am a little bit lower energy in, in that, but I, I definitely am conscious of the fact that like when I am frustrated with somebody, I have to check that because I can get very frustrated and annoyed with somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can feel that bubbling up and I've learned to be able to temper that and check that when I'm feeling that. Sounds like for you, that doesn't really get to that point. Like that bubbling up doesn't seem like it happens at the same rate. But Um, Jeremiah has this great poker face of like, he's just normally pretty restrained. So he's not giving a lot. It's not like if I get mad at someone and I shut down, now you can tell something just changed massively. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I remember uh, the first time I realized that you had been annoyed and didn't like someone for months, Tanner. And there was a guy that, that like we we knew who was involved and you finally were like, I don't like that guy and I don't want to be involved with him in in fill in yeah. the blank way. And I was like, Oh, that's what I was reading for the last two months is that this guy just annoyed you constantly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'll you'll kind we of know it, but time. you won't know it exactly. Right. Well now and now I, I know, but we were new friends and you were nineteen, so you couldn't you weren't hiding you know, it very well. Yeah, I wasn't I necessarily speaking to those things. I didn't necessarily feel comfortable to but it say was like, like those things. And you weren't picking up on. You didn't know my nuances yeah, to right. know like from then on, like, where that was coming from. That's after that, that I knew. Dinner, you were talking about like controlling your energetic like output, and I like I I think that I do that sometimes too. And again, my energetic output is always lower than most people. So sometimes I'm like. Dude, I'm giving off major vibes that this guy irritates me. <laughs> and it's and, just and, that same poker face. Yeah, it's the same. <laughs> their beard twitched a little bit. <laughs> yes. I'm like, dude, if this how's this guy not picking up on these signals right now? Just the slight yeah. jostling of a beard hair. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that brings to a really great close our segment. Why are you like this, Jeremiah? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> tune in next week for another segment. <laughs> This I wouldn't have him any by- other way. <laughs> Me neither. Me neither.
We're all just fascinated to study you. That's just that's it's, uh, it's yeah. so silly. How like we don't do this in the van? This is insane. I don't know why, dude. I don't know. I don't know what. I to don't tell know you, if man. that's true. I feel like we do this in the van too. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Maybe well, you're just zenned out, not a part of it. Maybe y'all are doing it while I'm zoned out. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, could be. Maybe that could be it. Maybe. Well, I, it's like I know that I'm odd, but I didn't. know You're an interesting so specimen. It's, it's fascinating. Me. Most of the time, Everyone's we're, we're interesting, right? Most of the time, we're too busy enjoying or reaping the benefits to uh, to really analyze Jeremiah. So. I mean, there's there's really only positives to be gained from being a part of Jeremiah's network <laughs> because he will never get mad at you externally <laughs> True. Just he'll only ever like build you crap and love on you and like be a kind caring person all right well tanner thanks for hanging out with us this week and telling yeah, us about yeah, coffee yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe i'll finally try it <laughs> got it <laughs> you've almost convinced yeah. me <laughs> all right see you. No, it, was a, it was a good time good time love you man uh, up to you guys. The truth that I've ever since we were the judge.